0: We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is unfortunately not here. He's working, but he's, he's missed all of our, our fun commentaries lately. But maybe we'll, maybe we'll get him on for the, the next one, the best one, as we like to call it. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then I have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different. And this is one of our fun commentary tracks. It is April 2021, and we are continuing our deep dive into the world of Hannibal Lecter. We've talked about Manhunter, we spoke during the silence of the labs, and we chowed down with Hannibal. So now we're here with Red Dragon, the remake of Red Dragon, the novel, but not technically a remake of Manhunter the movie, but still topping that story. That's a lot of backstory that wasn't needed, but there it is. And that's what we're going to do this evening. Joining me to discuss Brett Ratner's Red Dragon, we have host of the Brandon Peters show. He's had disadvantages, one being that he's insane. It's Brandon Peters.
1: We already talked about this story, Aaron. Do you see? But now with Anthony Hopkins.
0: <laughs> also joining us from Why So Blue, his first job was writing at the National Tatler. It's Peter Paris. <laughs> hey, everybody. And from Forbes, keeping it tight like a sick tiger. It's Scott Mendelson. 30 more days till Hannibal rising. 30 more days till <laughs> Hannibal rising. Woohoo! <laughs> it's all leading up to that. But for now, <laughs> <It's> all- <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are going on with, with, with this movie. How are you guys all doing this evening? i'm doing well
1: fantastic
0: i'm doing good
2: i actually will get into red dragon but i really want to watch hannibal uh
0: lately well you, you have to watch it twice i know i'm behind
2: <laughs> <laughs> <I've> already-
0: <laughs> uh well okay so yeah we are going to talk about red dragon right now this is the plan we're gonna we all have the movie currently paused at 10 seconds in and on the sound of go i'm gonna press we're all gonna press play and talk about the movie red dragon if you plan to follow along with us just Fast, you know, put it up to ten seconds into the movie. It's where like the universal logo is kind of starting to form. Press play and listen to this pot. You get, you got it all set. You'll be listening to us in sync. If you're just listening to Red Dragon to listen to us talk about Red Dragon, cool. You're set. You're good to go. Real quick before we start this, I am aware. I think we are all aware that. Brett Ratner is in a bit of a bind as far as his public uh, status goes. And we are not certainly minimizing the, de- the, the things that have gone on with his life. That's not really the purpose of this commentary track. We're talking about a movie he already made. But just know, yeah, we're not sitting here like championing Brett Ratner. We're just talking about this movie as a part of a, <laughs> that happens to be a part of this set of, comment- of movie commentary tracks that we're currently doing. Just want to throw that out unless, there. <laughs> unless it's Hercules, Hercules kind of rocks. We'll talk about other Brett Ratner joints, but as far as as Brett Ratner the man, that's that's really not the concentration of this commentary track. Um, So yeah, now we're going to talk about Red Dragon. All right, so on the sound of of go, we're all going to press play. Three, two, one, go.
1: So we are now here for Film Completionist Nerd the movie.
0: (laughs) So here we go with Red Dragon. We've talked about these films. We've talked about this exact story. Here's the Dino De Laurentiis logo, by the way, which is just... It looks great. <laughs> it's a really nice logo. <laughs> um, I guess we'll just get into this the way we do. When did we see Red Dragon and what did we think these first times? Let's start with Peter. Peter, when did you first see Red Dragon? Uh,
2: is this 2007? I'm trying to think. Three. This, is
0: 2000, this is 2002.
2: 2002. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, saw it, uh, I saw it in theaters. I saw it opening weekend. Um, and I had not seen it since then until rewatching it this week because I wanted to watch it with the audio Mm -hmm. uh, for this podcast, but yes, I've only seen it twice.
0: Had you seen Manhunter before this?
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Manhunter probably in college or something like in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had absolutely seen Manhunter before. Yeah, you weren't on
0: our Manhunter commentary, that's why I'm asking you. So, so the listeners are those keeping up with the continuity of these very important commentary tracks are aware of where we are in status. Brandon, how about you?
1: Theater, uh, 2002, I think opening weekend when it came out. Scott,
3: uh, opening night, October t- 2002. Uh, I genuinely enjoyed it. Uh, I, you know, obviously it's not as artistically specific as Manhunter, but I thought it was a solid adaptation of a strong book with a ridiculously good cast. And it does what did what I often does, which is just cast, the best actors you can possibly get away with and mostly stays out of their way.
0: As before I get to mine, I just real quick. We just watched Anthony Hopkins like feel like he's getting tortured by watching a poor performance of a very important opera piece. <laughs> 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 just seeing him wince. It's very fun. Also fun. The ponytail. Hopkins—yeah, It's
1: <laughs> such a weird detail.
0: <laughs> he was a free man. He's like, this is this is the style.
1: Well, I was like, and- oh yeah, he looks younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look yeah, at that, like- look yeah. that
0: youth, that, that younger man energy that he's bringing out there. He's a real Russell Crowe in the mummy or sorry, Tom Cruise and the Mummy <laughs> compared to Russell <laughs> Crowe.
2: I'd like to say the four of us, I, I think I'm the only person who has a ponytail right now, and I, I'd love to say I was doing it for, re- for this Red Dragon commentary.
1: Well, if it came off tomorrow, then yes, you were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the um, origin story of Lex Luthor's mom?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's who that is! Yeah! I was like, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um
0: as has been the case, I saw this movie with my mom. Um, I did not see Hannibal in theaters. So this was my first I'm seeing a Hannibal Lecter movie in the theater um, experience. And yeah, like I had seen Manhunter fairly recently at that point. So it was like, watching this was like, okay, this is interesting as far as I recognize a lot of this story already. And now I'm watching it again with this like Set of actors that I'm obviously I'm more familiar with as the person the the age that I'm at. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, Edward Norton, all this. Um, and I, I enjoyed the movie well enough. Like Scott said, like it works fine as a kind of like, hey, you have a good cast, you have decent production values, what have you. It's doing its thing. Yes, Manhunt. We'll talk about the comparisons, but like as far as watching, you know, this kind of version of the movie, I was, you know, I was into it. I was into it well enough. I think uh, I, I think it's interesting, like. Um,
2: this to me, and I know we can really dive into this more, but like, Manhunter is a movie about, you know, Will Graham uh, trying to take down the Tooth Fairy, and he just happens to get help from this, you know, person named Hannibal Lecter. This, it's like the whole structure, because I haven't read Red Dragon, but like, I, I assume this opening is not a part of the book. This yeah, not, the, nope. you know this, this opening yeah. is made so that we get to mm-hmm. we get to Hopkins fast. I'm assuming that's what it is.
0: Yeah, this is very much a film that's like we, we need to capitalize on the fact that Anthony Hopkins and Hannibal Lecter is box office dynamite. Mm-hmm. So we're going to throw in as much Lecter as we can into this story that's very Lecter free. Uh, so yeah, you have this scene. You have more involvement of him in the various uh, Will Graham, uh, Hannibal Lecter. I guess partner scenes, so they're not really right. not well, interrogations.
1: Hannibal Lecter of the Books was a progression. It was like a yeah. little bit here, a little more here, and then the third one's all about him. Well, when you're doing the movies, you've gone like doot, doot, doot. And then after Hannibal, you go backward in time and you're going back to a book that didn't have him that much and wanting him to be there. And then as
0: we, as we all know, Hannibal was even bigger than the Hopkins. So we just got a straight movie about Hannibal without Hopkins in it at all, which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. next month. Uh, But yeah, this scene is wholly invented. And I mean, as far as looking at a movie, that's trying to, you know, not only adapt the story, but I, even though it was a box office flop or at least not a big hit distance itself from a film that was recognized as far as it's artistic qualities. So you need to do different kinds of things and you have Anthony Hopkins and you have this cast use them as much as you can, seems to be the logic, which makes sense. I mean, I, I get that. Uh, that said, do we like this opening sequence? I think it's fun, and I yeah, think it's I a like way it. to
3: you know, again, give Hannibal Lecter more screen time without overwhelming the core story, which, comparatively, is Hannibal-like.
4: Yeah, I um, mean...
3: And yeah, it's something that we don't need to see, but on its own, it's, it's fine. It's fun.
1: It helps with... Uh norton's will graham and his hannibal lecture because there's i mean this will graham isn't like there's there's no danger to this will graham um that norton plays which is strange because norton especially here is a one of the best actors you could get uh at the time and such a and used to playing like intense kind of roles and there's something just safe about him here compared to what you know what Peterson's giving is like a loose kind of kind of a loose uh strange guy kind of unpredictable it's got this weird sense that you don't know if he's going to end up drowning himself into the mind of a killer this guy's just solving it might as well be a cop I mean he's just solving the mystery in comparison
0: It, it makes me wonder how deliberate this like I don't see it I mean I don't see Edward Norton as one that phones in his performances. That said, we very much know he likes to be involved in the films that he's in Mm -hmm. and has certain (laughs) attitudes towards the studios and what have you. But I don't think that ever really comes out on screen. Like Italian Job is the big example of that. Italian Job's a movie where he made the score and Paramount's like, we need you to do another movie. And he's like, fine. So he does Italian Job and he refuses to do any press for it. But I don't think... and That's that's one of the reasons where I don't think he's necessarily that good in that movie, but I don't think he's... Phoning things in necessarily. This movie, no, I agree. This movie, I do think he. I. I. I don't think he's. I, I don't think he's phoning it at all. No, he, but. But I do. I wonder what. To what you're saying, Brandon, as far as how deliberate his choices are, as far as how intense to make this version of Will Graham. Do you think it's a. A choice to kind of steer away from what William Peterson was doing, which would make sense to me. Or do you right. think he just that this is the version that he decided to deliver?
1: Well, it's also a combination of Ratner's direction with it too, uh, being. Sure. Also very safe Um, because I'm sure De, De Laurentiis is like, do not f and do Manhunter again, and <laughs> make it make it as much like this is visually trying to ape Silence of the Lambs to make it look like they go together, even though it's shot in a different aspect ratio and
0: but shot by Dante Spinotti. Yeah, uh, all right no, we'll talk about it. But uh, man, but sorry, they- no, I was talking Silence of the Lambs. No, I'm right. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: But, but like color timing, like just the overall like look of it, kind of the same. Oh, for and, sure,
0: yeah. It's very, I mean, it's very warm. This, but well, mm-hmm. it's more like Silence, but Silence is kind of cold. But compared to Manhunter, it's and
1: still this a is a movie that's supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be taking place in the 1980s, yet feels rather modern. Yeah, there's no, there's there's rarely, nothing that, I watched. Yeah.
0: Having watched I mean, watch this again recently, similar to Peter, I you know, I assume all of us to prepare for this commentary. Mm-hmm. I I was trying to I had to remind myself that it's supposed to be set in the past, but it's like right. even it the clothing. Even yeah, the clothing doesn't really right. not that I need people to have like Flock of Seagulls haircuts and everything, but I mean it doesn't really like go it's not really going for it.
1: The local doctor wounded.
0: It's 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 the it's the Wonder Woman eighty four of eighties uh, representation. <laughs>
1: right.
2: <laughs> I will say that um I I think that for the kind of movie that I think Ratner and it, and also it's Ted Talley, right? Who also wrote. Who Ted did Talley
0: st- adapted this screen, the, the mm-hmm. book. Right. For this, it, uh, the Silence. Lambs, yeah.
2: I do think that hiring Edward Norton, who at this point is a, you know, he's a bank. I mean, he's like a, not a huge star, but he's a bankable like leading man. He's in a, he's I, in this God. good place. Yeah. If
1: you see Edward Norton's name on it, it's, you're like, oh, I got to see that movie. Like, it's probably an interesting, you know, it might not be a big movie. But for a film person, he's in like, like
0: a Dustin Hoffman zone where he's not quite like yeah, you know, in the seventies, okay. but he's in this it's like a mark of quality. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like the score, even like that was Danny a Elf. movie. Yeah, where he <laughs> yeah. had an interest. He had an interesting. I do not the
0: movie. I'm just saying Danny Elf because he did the score for this movie. <laughs> right.
1: Did I say I that right when that credit went up?
0: Uh, it was clear. Or, it's uh, coming up right now. I think. Okay.
1: I mean, he had you know such great bangers like keeping the faith. You know the time people.
2: but I, I, I mean you know keeping the faith that might go against what, what I'm about to say but well, I, no. I I feel like Edward Norton as an actor is a reactive actor he is not a if you hide which is very different than mm-hmm. William Peterson like it's like that's
0: fair to keeping the faith because ben Ben stiller is like the prime oh yeah you're right i guess ben Ben stiller Stiller is
1: more the lead character he he has he has he has more the
0: arc of that movie
1: i was tossing that in for shits and giggles i i mean we're talking american history x fight club at this point (laughs) death to smoochie was around this death to smoochie in this that's 2002 yeah that's this year yeah yeah of course primal fear which launched him yeah that was 96
0: but yeah. the 2002 is a big year for a door because it's this death, of smoochie, which flops and uh, 25th hour, which, oh, uh, yeah. which he, as I alert, he used, basically used all the money he made on this movie to help fund 25th hour.
1: Yeah, which is which oh. goes into
0: where I don't think it's necessarily phoning it in, but it's, you know, his motivations are not I don't think, you know, it's not like I've always wanted to make. A remake of Red Dragon for (laughs) Ratner compared to I'd really like to make this engrossing study of nine post-9 eleven New York with Spike Lee. It seems like his motivations are a little clearer. Also,
1: which here, like he's the same guy as he was in the opening scene now. Like it doesn't feel like any trauma or any like regret, like, yeah, he's gonna get back on the job. Yeah, he's not like
0: um Yancey's favorite Hugh Dancy in the Hannibal TV show.
1: Right. Well, I think (laughs) I think Hugh
3: Dancy's I, I don't get. Oh, I, I, I never get yeah. why you're trying to make a movie that's lifestyle, you know, resemble a Sound of the Lambs*, but you don't bring Scott Glenn back.
1: Yeah, that is, I
0: mean, yeah, Scott Glenn. He, he, he was, was busy. basically
3: inexcusable.
0: He was busy. Then you wait.
3: <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, for what you're trying to do for this film, you wait. You know, because yeah. I mean, you think of the the three or four or five main characters of *The of Lambs*. Obviously, Clarice is not involved, but you've got you know Barney. Lecter. You've got you've got Barney. You've got Lecter. You've got Chilton, you've Chilton. got, uh, and yeah. you've got, uh, uh, God, I forgot his name. His character, Jack, Jack Crawford. Comfort, Crawford yeah, Jack yeah, Crawford. And yeah. Right. Yeah. it's like, why? Anyway, it just, it's always baffled me.
1: Well, and then, and I, this, yeah, Scott Glenn has well,
0: no movies in 2002 and just a TV movie in 2003. So he just said no. This needs to my guess at this Right. <laughs> and, and
1: it's not, I mean, you got Harvey Keitel that's great, but all you're I asking so. from I, him is, can you just give us a mild Harvey Keitel performance? And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. sure. Like,
3: Maybe that's part of what you guys were talking about with Norton is that in this film where Lecter is a bit more melodramatic over the top than he was in Manhunter and. I would argue Ray Fiennes' Tooth Fairy is more over the top than uh,
0: Tom Noonan. Tom, Tom
3: Noonan in Manhunter, you have by comparison, you have a a a Will uh, Graham that's more subdued, more of the conventional straight man. Well in you know Manhunter, frankly, especially rewatching it with you guys a couple months ago, you know it's a, a a it's a I don't want to say over the top, but it's a very it's not a subtle screen performance at all. Um and for much of manhunter again, it's the will Graham story. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone else is just, you know, seasoning. Um, and it's in this film, I thought it's almost inverted where will Graham is the clothesline in which to hang everything else.
1: Yeah. And I mean like William Peterson, the last one could, I mean, just fully captivate you with just a scene with him by himself here. Yeah. Not, not so much. And Edward Orton's an actor you would think could possibly do that. Um, and I don't know what I don't know if I, I depend on him, but his performance isn't really giving. Like, I mean, it's fine. It's not like a it's a bad performance, but it's nothing interesting. It's kind of it's kind of pedestrian for Norton, kind of pedestrian for what Will Graham is in the book, and you know Ratner's just not taking chances. They're just merely trying to bring this book accurately to life. I mean.
2: I guess I feel like in, in Manhunter, where I feel like we're supposed to always wonder if if Peterson's version of Will Graham is always sort of on the edge, and it's like what's mm-hmm. what's different about a serial killer and this guy, like, and that's supposed to sort of be like what's captivating about the narrative with that character, but because they want to use Anthony Hopkins in this movie. I guess this version of Graham has to be more passive, has to be more normal, because we, we kind of have to go, oh, well, he needs Hannibal Lecter in order to solve this case, which is a different, yeah, it's a, I'm not necessarily saying it's good or bad, but I mean, that is a very different decision, I guess.
3: Um, in, this, in that sense, it's actually very similar to his work in The Incredible Hulk, in the sense that The Incredible Hulk was very much an attempt to it, to retell that IP in a more conventional Less, you know, frankly, artistic, you know, more crowd pleasing commercial fashion compared to Angley's Hulk in that case. Yeah, that's so true. You know, um And I, I'm sure that's just a weird coincidence, but in the same way that, you know, if we're playing SAT questions, you know, Hulk is the Incredible Hulk as Manhunter is to Red Dragon, as Superman Returns is to Man of Steel. Um,
1: And remember, Josh Whedon showed him the door because he was a problematic person to have on
3: set. (laughs) Oh, we're not getting into that. Um, But, but no, I I do think the reason that he comes off as a a bit less of a presence is that he is often being overpowered by the more, you know, the the, the jazzier supporting characters, Mm -hmm. which was not the case in the first film.
5: Or
1: the previous film, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, and they, and like here the searching scenes they ground it so much like the house is just not as interesting to go through and search as well as that. Yes. One and just the way he shoots it is just not as captivating. It's it's creepy in Manhunter. Like really kind of unnerving scary because I don't, I don't know it's just
0: there's a there's a there's a glossiness to this because it's a big yeah. universal studio film that cost uh, 78 million dollars apparently so it's you know yeah. it's a pretty penny for a movie like this and you're starring and,
1: sir anthony hopkins and that, that said yes
0: you have like you know eight people above the credits so yeah i can understand right. where the budget's going at this point but <laughs> in this regard um it is a you know we've talked it's funny we've talked about seven you know and manhunter now and silence of the land we've talked about these you know, very you know, uh, inspiring serial killer thrillers that became more of a popularity throughout the decades, so and now we're at this kind of near logical end point as far as we've back to where we kind of started. I know where there's more around this time frame to come from here, like Suspect Zero and Taking Lives or whatnot, which are you know not good movies anyway. But regardless, we, we you know we we're almost rounding full circle, and yeah, the things that made those movies extreme and dangerous and edgy. Now, this is just, you know, another day in the week, uh, which goes for a lot of genres that get, you know, have really interesting starts and then get exploited over and over again. And yeah, they're just another one of these. I'm and, 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 I mean, I don't know
3: the answer to. Sorry? So are there... I said, I, I apologize. I didn't interrupt you. I'll let you finish.
0: I was just going to say, the other thing is obviously, we talked about movies that are directed by Jonathan Demme, May, Michael Mann, and David Fincher. This is film directed by Brett Ratner. a director, film-wise... At least I think I like more of his movies than I don't. Um, But it's not because of the amazing depth he's able to bring to his visual style. It's because he just makes entertaining schlock for the most part, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily in terms of, you know, movies for the sake of movies.
1: Um, I mean, being a music video director, you'd think he'd have some more punch and just...
0: I mean, even his music videos compared to, I don't know, Hype Williams or McGee. there's not a lot there (laughs) like i know what you're saying yes or david fincher for that matter Mm -hmm. i know what you're saying yes music video directors tend to have a lot of visual oomph behind them and i I don't know the 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 few that i've seen of brett ratner is comparatively it's not a lot going on in some of these videos
3: (laughs) i do think that his films are and from what little i've heard him speak you know supplemental materials, or what have you. Well, he he, very he, old he hates
0: rehearsal. We know that. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah.
3: <laughs> they're, they're very old-fashioned. And they're very, you know, uh, uh, big studio, 1970s, early 80s. A lot of them almost feel like they're edited by hand. You know, as opposed to, like, not a computer. Um, there's a certain craft. And I think he's someone that's very aware of his, perhaps, his artistic limitations and makes a point to compensate by just getting the best people that that are willing to take the job and saying yes to the right questions.
0: And that's why, I Um, mean, that's why you hire him for certain, that's, I mean, yeah, that's why you, you you know, he's a hack for a reason. It's (laughs) because you hire him because he gets the job done. He shoots quick and he gets under budget. That's why you get him to do X3, the last stand in under a year because Matthew Vaughn dropped out is like, all right, and and brian singer dropped out (laughs) he's like okay let's get ratner in here and yeah you know what he did he delivered a movie that made a bunch of money like they intended it to like it it did the job for what they're looking for that's the kind of guy he is for these movies and i do know in the pre-release he
3: made a point to mention that he was you know he didn't want the film to be filled with aggressively graphic violence Mm -hmm. and this is one of the more you know the only arguably grotesque scenes in the movie it's a really quick did you mean a flashback to the wife being raped and murdered. Um, but other you know, compared it to, you know, more like Hitchcock where it's what you don't see with what everybody says. But still, this you know, this is certainly not as macabre as animal. And I think that was very intentional, partially because this is a
0: more conventional police procedural in a way that Manhunter was as well. Well, it's it's interesting though, because the preceding the preceding film of this was Hannibal a film that very much was the most grotesque version of Hannibal so it's like we went backwards for some reason we went from Ray Liotta's brain to glimpses of bad stuff
3: (laughs) I, I think there's often an attempt and maybe it's just about you know there is a certain perception that oh we're more artistic because we didn't revel in graphic violence you know there's certain I remember, you know, when Saw 5 came out, which is not one of the best Saw movies, one of the selling points was that they toned down the violence, as if that was a mark of respectability.
1: Um, they also cast Scott Patterson as the lead in that movie, but... Which well, is violence in its own way.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually saw, it was like, they're having a Saw marathon like, HBO or something. I like, I, 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 like, turned off a movie, and then, like, went to the TV, and it was like Saw was on. It was like... And I just sat there for whatever reason, since I don't generally like these movies. But I just sat there, like I guess I'm watching Saw now for like 20 minutes before I like moved on. Something <laughs> when I say that, it's more like I'm on my phone and I guess Saw's on in the background, whatever. Uh, but it's like, oh yeah, Scott Patterson, what a choice. Um, you know, it, it,
1: it, yeah, the, uh, the the you're talking about the the restraint of violence and stuff does help when it does come in because there's the part later where he shoots the manager of the store in the head, and it's just like, oh yeah.
0: shit.
1: Like yeah, I mean really, when
0: it when it wants to be R rated, it gets R rated. Like it doesn't, yeah. you know. It really
1: or Ray Fiennes' ass, yes.
0: But it, I <laughs> mean, it works as a it works in a way where it's like yes, adult drama that came out this week. I want now. Yeah. With that said, Anthony Hopkins, Ray Fiennes, you got a lot of very talented people. This is an October release, um, as opposed to the early or late winter releases of the other two movies. Do you, do you think there was a notion that Universal's like, well, we have this back. Maybe we can get, like, yeah, they, I'll get the supporting actor nomination or something like that. Do you ever think there was a prestige aspect to this?
3: I think they were going for Halloween and the, the ring stole their thunder. Ah. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: well, yeah. When did the ring come out? Was that September? Uh, No, right
3: around the same time as this, I believe.
0: Mm. Like a week after?
3: Uh, I think it went limited. I mean... What was limited back there was like fifteen hundred screens in mid October, and then went wide on Halloween.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. because right, I remember The Ring was like a, it was like it was a win- yeah, it was a
3: leggy set of a gun.
0: And like that was they were doing that more then too with like the yeah. like, half the theaters thing before they like went wider. Here's sleepy Sleepy Yeah, the <laughs> so Ring earlier
3: they would do that with Paranormal Activity earlier,
0: um, and then they did that. With, it's perfect. You know, classic horror film. Um, <laughs> parano- Even paranormal, that was like they they just paranormal
1: they, was like building building. They, building yeah, building, yeah. That, was, that was
0: an upward as opposed to like half the theaters, like and then more of the theaters. Um. Here is Bill Duke's one scene in this movie. <laughs> as um, I believe it's just like police chief. or It's like his, his credited yeah, police chief. That's his credited name in this movie. It's interesting that you're saying that The Ring
2: basically overshadowed Red Dragon, or the same time because. Speaking of, I'm assuming Gore Verbinski did music videos. Like Verbinski is a very he's he's high style, very deliberate he's, in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very mm-hmm. conscious of like how he uses the camera and color and everything. Like, huh, that's interesting. And it, it's also
3: it's also a case of you know, back in the old days, something new and exciting. You know, feeling uh, uh, the thunder of something old. Something expected, something that right. was cashing in on something that itself was once new and unique. And you could make a certain case, I think Aaron was mentioning this earlier, that the entire modern serial killer movie cycle was basically from to Lambs to Red Dragon. Uh, because in a couple years, you'd have the first Saw movie, which... Kinda sorta took the place of these serial killer movies. Well, before
0: before that though, it's because Peter, you just brought this up, the ring. It's the Japanese horrors that come in for a little. Yeah, bit. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They, oh, they come in, and then it's the like the it's both the yeah the tort, yeah. the, the um, torture I mean, horror terms, in, and the found know, footage stuff. For a little in bit.
3: terms of, of serial killer melodramas, you have this, you have the Saw films, and then Criminal Minds on CBS, and that basically fills that gap entirely <laughs> for people that like these kind of you know this kind of film slash television.
0: Um, I, I'm excited seeing Bill Duke just because they announced Deep Cover for Criterion today. So. Heck yeah,
1: Good for <laughs> it's coming in July.
0: Yeah. Verbinski does have a few music videos, by the way, Peter. You're not wrong. Before he, uh, I mean, it, it would make sense. Like, I mean, honestly, most directors like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like it's pretty, Like, unless you're like I from mean... Mumblecore, you you probably did a new <laughs> video. <laughs> I mean, beyond although you know, beyond
2: the you're right. You know, Japanese horror um, was starting to kind of gain a reputation in the States and stuff. The other thing could honestly just be more a demographic thing. This movie, like you guys had said, this is clearly made for like more a, uh, you know, adult, adult adults to, on a date night kind of thing on a date night. Who likes mm-hmm. to want to see like a crime movie. The ring is really, really hits more for like teenagers can see yeah. it. and
0: it's, uh, it, it stars and fact, Adam Brody. <laughs> wait, what did you say? <laughs> it, star, so. it stars Adam Brody, you know, the star of the ring, Adam Brody. I mean, there were, He's and in the, he's in the ze- first scene, Peter. <laughs> like he's, that's it.
3: Yeah. I, and I say this with zero judgment because it was like a very exciting at the time. But there were teenagers that, for them, The Ring was the scariest movie they had ever seen in
0: a theater. Yeah. I can understand. Um, I'm the one guy that doesn't like the ring very much. So much. I was, I was
1: okay with it. I went, I didn't see it till like the Wednesday after it opened, and yeah. after everybody, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I saw. It, I was like, wow, well, it's fine. It kind of reminded me of stir of echoes, but you know, that was
0: uh-huh. real, real, real I quick, am- real quick. Before we pass over this, the one perfect casting is Philip Seymour Hoffman in this movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, like, he's, oh, he's great. Yeah, there yeah. is absolutely nothing wrong with anything he does in this movie. <laughs> like, no, completely- know,
1: and it's a change of the character. The character is supposed to be more fancier, like dressed and everything, but. Uh, i like what philip Seymour hoffman does Stephen like Lange throw it he... away yeah he was like it's sloppy fancy like a guy okay, who's just kind enough. of sleazy fancy and okay lang had that going on and lang's good too but it i mean is. philip Seymour hoffman's like it's just, hey, do whatever
0: it's, it's a, yeah he just <laughs> completely nails this book and, and even then that you know that book was written before not that there weren't tabloids but Sleazy tabloid culture had certainly taken a turn since the writing of Manhunter, so yes, it makes yeah. sense to have Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> look exactly how he looks as the lead writer of the, the Tatler.
1: <laughs> Wait, oh. when
0: is Almost Famous? two thousand thousand yeah, yeah. two thousand, late two thousand. Yeah, yeah, this is this is prime uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as a character yeah. actor. Um yeah, like in like in like a more a higher profile one. The nineties, yeah. he's like he appears in a couple scenes here or there, like from like. I don't know, 98 and be like after Twister, like he, he starts oh come, right. like, he starts rising more and more as far as prominence as these amazing supporting character roles, which peaks right. of course, which peaks, of course, of Along came Polly, and then he becomes a star. Like
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, You're not wrong because he was a big part of the advertising campaign.
0: I'm telling you, yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's the peak right. of him as supporting yeah. guy and then he becomes like and Capote, lead. like then he becomes lead right house actor. Exactly. I'm, yeah. t- I'm not wrong. I told you it's, it's, it's all yeah. up <laughs>
3: Uh, but yeah, by this point in the time, I don't know if he gets billing above the title or anything like that. But in, in film nerd circles, he was a git.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boogie Nights was the I, Twister's a joke a little bit, but Boogie Nights no, is like Boogie a Nights. Part. Almost yeah, Magnolia, like. Yeah, he had that Betsy yeah. Anderson run, which mm-hmm. included this yeah. year because this is also a big Punch oh, Drunk Club Club Love out here. This
1: show here. Yeah, because you have this,
0: and, you have her, him, and uh, Emily Emily Watson. Who's well? It's funny
1: too him. because he's got this little trifecta. because yeah, he's got Emily Watson, Punch Drunk mm-hmm. Love, and he also does Twenty Fifth Hour with Ed Norton. Yeah,
0: there's a whole six. There's the only person not not in this movie that we need is Kevin Bacon to really bring this home. That's, right. That's <laughs> a no, I think it's. Look at hold on no, look, look at Anthony held not looking like he's any younger in this movie. Right, <laughs> yeah. I'll just yeah. get my hair bigger. I'll grow my hair bigger.
3: I don't know what it is, but even, you know I mean, what I always say about you know Brett Ratner, you know getting out of people's way. Brett, you know Anthony held in this and X Men: Last Stand, the only two bad performances I've ever seen him give.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and mm, I don't this it's be movie.
3: an actor who you know while obviously incredibly talented needs direction. And there's plenty of actors like that. Danny Glover's the example I always use. You know, Danny Glover can be Oscar-worthy or god-awful depending on you know what kind of direction he's getting. I mean, who is,
0: Willis, is he? In, who is he in is, he's the. He's like the Secretary of State or something like that. Or yeah. Um. Oh no, no. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, because I'm thinking of the other guy. Um. But no. Um. What was I going to say? Um. Willis. Willis is another. Easy example as far yeah. as if he has a director that challenges him, he'll do something. If not, he's, you yeah. know, whatever. Uh, meanwhile, Bill Duke, who's also in this movie in X-Men The Last Stand, terrifying. <laughs> <Like> he omits <laughs> he, he, he authority. <laughs> that Aww. was that was X-Men when he was then, and then obviously after he got the surgery to change himself from Peter Dinklage <laughs> in uh, Days of Future Past. <laughs> <laughs> That's a prequel I want to see. As Trask. <laughs> look out, okay.
1: look out for the semen. He goes, look he goes... <laughs>
0: Yeah, Bill Duke goes through the um the old masked uh, masked racer from Speed Racer uh, plastic surgery to change
1: Peter
3: Dinklage. <laughs> I think it's a credit, and you know everyone's opinions will vary on this on how effective this film is. If you kind of forget that Hannibal Lecter is involved by the twenty nine minute mark, because if yeah, the film just... is working, you're not thinking about Lecter at all. I think that's
0: part of the the trick of having so many name actors in this film people even even like bill duke who you you know just right no, yeah. I, I understandably i know everyone's not going to know who bill duke is offhand yeah. or, hey it's oh that guy yeah so but but having just nonstop stop like famous people showing up throughout this thing yeah when you get back to hannibal it's like oh yeah this is a hannibal movie like i get that i get the the trick that they're trying to go with there
2: do you think that they i mean you know, when it's going to sound really random, but like when you watch the behind the scenes of The Force Awakens, they go to great lengths to say that they were, when they were making, recreating the Millennium Falcon and everything, it was almost like they were treating Star Wars like as a period piece, not a period piece like old, but meaning like it's authentic. Mm-hmm. Do you think when they were doing this scene, because it's clearly supposed to be, we're clearly supposed to think this is the exact same set from Silence of the Lambs. It's not, it can't be, but do you think that they were trying in their mind being like, we have to be yes. so you know, specific yeah. classic film. Yeah. yeah I, I think they're trying to
3: match up the, the previous one as much as possible. Cause that's the reason this movie exists.
1: So, we can, you know, Hunter, so
3: people can Henry buy the DVD the box raider's... set of so you look, you know, red dragon. That's you know, a corset. Aaron. I, know, I was talking yeah.
1: about, uh-huh. if you look at his back, you can see he's got a corset on under that. <laughs> I see <what> you're
0: saying. <laughs> yeah. We talked a little bit about how uh, not svelte, Anthony Hopkins was in Hannibal because he was a free man and he can you know eat what he wants to and do what he and and now we're trying to picture a pre Silence of the Lambs Anthony Hopkins face wise he looks pretty good yeah
1: you
0: know, which Ratner's apparently really good at doing because it's better in the Last Stand than it is in some of the other X Men <laughs> movies when it comes to the, the de aging
1: stuff but well, nobody yeah, I mean nobody can line him as good as Demi had him like at of, all like, of course
2: <laughs> you know what I realized we didn't we didn't bring up that. Is kind of interesting isn't i think isn't norton sort of like dustin hoffman isn't he a method actor i think he is
0: norton yes very much well
2: whereas hopkins is like olivier that (laughs) hopkins (laughs) is very famous for being like yeah man i don't do any research i just memorize the lines like because i remember that's a famous which is very much the marathon is it marathon man marathon man
0: yeah the tri-acting thing so
2: you basically (laughs) have a similar thing here where you have someone like Ed Norton has a very specific of way of what he thinks acting is yeah, well, you have more old time movie star guy Hopkins. The,
1: the British approach acting in a much different way than uh, Americans. Americans are ego star driven, not all of them, but I mean, there's a difference there when British is, it's a part, it's a part. I play the part, I get the part down. Mm. Um, and it's, it's very much, it's a lot more job like to them. Um, but doing a good job, a good thing the drop like you'll see like british people like actors show up in a little small part like i remember i think it was like woody allen's match point colin salmon who's like a very notable actor like could be a lead in tons of movies has this like little three-line part in a in the movie and it's like oh wow that's a bit big of cat and it was just you know it was like you know it was a part i went out and auditioned i got this part and then you know do your role that's matter. that's alfred molino in a nutshell
0: because he's yeah. like he can be the one of the main stars of the film where he could be like 14th build and he's like yeah
1: like, and it's I a like great mi- a time. I think it's a great mindset. I think it's a better mindset than the pompous asshole and you know method of dive in. <laughs> um, those can be un- those can be an unhealthy onset a lot of the times. Which
0: that's what makes Nicolas Cage fascinating to me because he does the blue collar approach to all it's a job. I'm taking a job. Mm-hmm. Yet he is also very intense about every role he takes.
1: He's doing it all. <laughs> he's
0: the ultimate actor. I'm telling
1: you. But he's not a problem to
0: people either. No, he's so, not. No, like, he's not. He, yeah. he, 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 I mean, he gets work, with, not because people don't like him. He's like, <laughs>
1: whatever my part, I'm going to give it whatever. He always knows what movie he's in and oh. he always gives it that, what he can give 110%. Like, if he's like, oh, this is a crappy B level over the top thing for you know probably directed video I'm going to give that performance they want out of me oh this could be a good indie here's my Oscar self again like he knows where he's at like that's the cool thing about Cage
0: the thing with Norton to get back to this is that it's not that just that he's that is like I don't think he's you know playing Will Graham in between scenes here Um, (laughs) but I but yes he is very intense about his craft. but the other thing is he seems like a guy one of the one of the guys that actually like wants to see the thing as it's being done, as in the whole picture, where you know lots of actors, they're just simply acting. It's up to the directors, editors, and everybody else to p- pull the final thing together. He seems like he's in the moment, like he's like, "All right, I, I, like he's doing this." Also, at the same time as like Brett Ratner is on camera, like he's putting, yeah, he wants to, he 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 wants to see like what the dailies are. He wants to know where this is going,
1: right? Well, is Hopkins is him, like, which "Let's is do what, the which, scene. Is what,
0: which is what's gotten him into trouble in the past, as far or at least controversial fights with, you know, like American History X and Incredible Hulk, the two most important films of all time. Uh, (laughs) um, He he wants to, uh, he wants a good edit of his movie. He wants the movies to be good, which is not terrible, but hasn't always helped him as far as his reputation goes. I've seen,
3: you know, if you've seen the deleted scenes of the Incredible Hulk, like, yeah, you kind of at a point. Some of that stuff was good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. But yeah, it, it, it's I I think this was Sam Jackson that said this, and I could be mistaken. So forgive me if I'm wrong. But you know, to the effect of you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm the you know, I'm the person on the screen that the audience is going to see. Mm-hmm. And especially general audiences that aren't necessarily you know hardcore into the craft of filmmaking, if a movie you know if my movie's bad, they're going to instinctively blame me or think less of me. Even if the issue is the direction or the editing or what happened. The
1: editor picks my takes. The director approves those yeah. takes, you know?
3: you know? I don't think that was Jackson. I apologize. He, I was thinking of something else he said, which is intense. never mind. But yeah, the, the point still stands. You know, at the end of the day, the guy on the screen, the woman on the screen, is the one that most audiences are going to say, are going to think of when they think of a movie being good or bad.
0: Um, Coming up, there's. I don't know. Coming up, there's like the... I know it's a terrible Harrison Ford movie. You cut out a little bit. What'd you say? Scott? I said,
3: I couldn't tell you who directed Firewall if my life depended on it. I can tell you it's a terrible Harrison Ford movie. Is it Roger Spottiswood?
0: I think it is. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I understandably not everyone's going to know that. I know exactly what you're saying. I'm pretty sure it's Roger Uh, Spottiswood. I think it is. (laughs) I need to know this. That's tomorrow never dies, right? Spottiswood.
1: Yeah. Uh, Terra train Spottiswood. Yeah. No,
0: sorry, it's Richard Longcrane. Okay.
1: Oh, oh, Rich. Yeah. What a relief. (laughs) Oh, Spottiswood unscathed. (laughs) (laughs) What did Spotted? I know he
0: probably. Oh, this guy did
1: a Band of Brothers. The guy who directed Firewall.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. uh, What did Roger Spottiswood do though? That's like something similar. Can I? um, The sixth day. uh, There we go. Something techie.
2: Oh, <laughs> so um just curious. Like, I feel like this is, I know that this movie is supposed to be sort of older or whatever. Like, we're talking about how it doesn't really necessarily feel like a period piece. Yeah. Cause, like, in Manhunter, I think the idea is, is that they are, aren't they like super eight things that are being transferred? Uh-huh. Family yes. Yep. Yeah. This is a strange thing to me that it's like, all right, wait, because I remember the 80s and 90s. And it's like, yeah, you would, you know, you have mom and dad's video camcorder and you record everybody. But it's like, you wouldn't necessarily, I guess you could take it to some post house that would like put graphics on it and say, this starring my son, Billy. It's mm-hmm. a weird, I feel like it's a weird workaround they had to come up with. Whereas no, the yes. original movie, it's just like, oh no, it's it's basically taking um, film transferring it so that you could a consumer could use it yeah
1: i guess so, i mean yeah. if you want to place this this takes place at what eighty nine, ninety. if we want to well
0: it's supposed to be like the movie ends like two seconds before silence of the so, story. Yeah. Right? so yeah it's supposed to be like <laughs> the latest of the 80s yeah, yeah.
1: and um. i get the post i don't know i know you when back in the day you take your film to like the drugstore to uh the pharmacy or whatever to get the film developed yeah. so Maybe take a VHS tape and they put some. I guess,
0: yeah. Or, or maybe he's just an amateur video editor. Like maybe just <laughs> something he does.
1: <laughs> well, they catch him faster. I don't
3: know. <laughs> That's the thing that always, you know, again, you know, when you're watching a film, you're obviously in a different mindset than someone in the real world, you know, trying to solve a crime. But every time I, you know, watch this or even when I read the book, I was like, the whole translating the video, Super 8 to video thing is so new, unique that once i found out that both victims had done that that'd be the first thing i'd look into
0: uh-huh yeah. <laughs> that's like the one thing about them that's weird real quick where the hell is this movie supposed to take place this is alabama we were uh, we were in baltimore he lives in florida like where well, <laughs> what's in the, the bu- central location of this movie? in the
1: book there's like atlanta is a big uh central hub florida's in it uh new orleans and then like chicago area st louis is, uh, is i the think tooth-
0: is the tooth fairy driving around all these places I think tooth
1: ferries in st louis because you can drive to like there's the because they give the four hour radius of driving to so pick up the tattler in chicago and i believe when they catch the tooth fairy it's st louis okay um, but I just I, know, I just
0: noticed the Birmingham tag is Like, wait, where are we? Like, we were just in Baltimore. Like, what's going?
1: On? But okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, Baltimore, CIA, all that stuff, and then the crime originally happened in. So, Will Graham's living in Florida when yeah, this starts. He's living in Florida. I know that uh, Atlanta is where the main family, the first family, he looks into the crime, and I believe the other family, I I guess Alabama. I was thinking New Orleans, but um, Alabama. I just went to Ed Norton's
0: I just went to Ed Norton's Wikipedia page. He looks like the CEO of like a new business on his profile picture.
1: Welcome to the haunted dollar hide home. <laughs>
4: Strong as I am.
0: Yo, know, you were making fun of this, but this is probably like the most creative shot in the movie so far. <laughs> like this this yeah. pan this yeah. pan to what is, what I presume is like hell that we're supposed like, to see once we get inside here.
1: It's like the the uh, Michael Bay Texas Chainsaw Massacre right here like a year later, this looks like the opening credits of a Tim Burton
0: movie. <laughs> we got you have Danny Elfin score. <laughs> like I would just, love yeah, Tim, yeah.
1: Tim Burton's Red Dragon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's you know Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> that's the close. True. I was just trying to think what was his what was his big serial killer movie? You know he's done one. He did two. He did two. Sweeney, Sweeney Todd, Todd, Sweeney Todd and, and um and Sleepy Hollow. Those are the ones. Yeah. And Ed Wood, they just deleted all those scenes Of course <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He was the secret killer also uh,
2: Wait, what came first, this or uh, Aviator? This, Aviator is 2004 Because okay. mm-hmm. Aviator also has a weird It has that opening where it's like we're seeing how How kind of cruel, you know uh, His mother is to Howard Hughes to little how- That's what this
0: reminds me of You're filthy and everything Who plays his mother? I haven't seen the Aviator in full since theaters. I don't remember. I assume it's somebody. If Jude Law could show up for two I minutes, I feel like <laughs> it's like Patricia
2: Clarkson or something. Like it feels like an actor.
0: That's such a guess I would have made too. Yeah, it's like Patricia Clarkson. That makes it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like yeah. like, her. like I, I could be wrong though, but um, this is such a strange thing. I I actually really like Ray Fines, Um, but I really but love. Most
0: do. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I
2: really love. Like I love. Um. In in the few roles I've seen him in, I really like I guess what we would say character actor Tom Noonan. Um, so, mm-hmm. this makes sense in the in that like you really want a name. It's like oh well, who's our big serial killer? We need a name actor, and and Ray finds a it's a good actor. But I, it is it's really hard for me not to just prefer Tom Noonan in the role. Well, well sir, I mean part of that is
3: because we know who he is at this point. He's been you know this is nine years since Schindler's List. So it really is, you know, I think most of us, especially if we saw the movie when we were very young, you know, we don't watch Manhunter and go, oh, it's Tom Newman. right? Um, <laughs> unless we saw Monster Squad first and have really good eyes. Um, and so yeah, for, for us when we're watching Manhunter, it's fluoride. It's a scary tall guy who is killing people. With this, it's, oh, it's, acclaimed actor Ray Fiennes playing the serial killer. Right. Even, it, is, even, it is a different you know, mentality.
0: And even then, like, Ray... F- yes, Ray Fiennes is more popular. He's starred in a Best Picture winner compared to Tom Noonan, unless I'm missing something with Tom Noonan, which I wouldn't be surprised. You hear he's in a lot of things. Um, but... I I mean, Brave Fines is a pretty like particular kind of actor too. I, I don't I don't know. Like I I look at him in this movie and it's like yeah, he just did like Spider right with Cronenberg. It's like he's, yeah, it, but he
1: gives it, so much to this role. Like it's uh-huh. like sympathetic in a lot of more ways. Oh yeah, for and sure. less. I mean, Noonan's got a just chilling intimidation. Yeah, to Noonan him seems
0: like the personification of evil. Like yeah. that's, that's very much there in that performance. This, this is, yes, it's, it's trying to give you more empathy for him in this movie by comparison.
2: Which is why I sort of think the do you see scene doesn't work as well. I oh think
1: no, that, absolutely I not. I think
2: that Noonan, he projects something that you're like, oh my God, if I was in the room with this person, like, how would I react? I don't know what I would do, you know? When
1: he's got that stocking over half his head yeah. during it. And, and then it, this one just, well you go ta- overboard you get the with the tattoo. Yeah, it's an overboard I sequence though. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Because Kinda- you know,
0: whenever I see that tattoo, I just think, man, you had to go to a shop and like get that done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh Presumably. wait, can I say um I would like to say though that I know we're being a little critical of this movie, but I will say that like it might be ridiculous. But I kind of appreciate this scene. I appreciate, you know what? Let's have Lecter not in that cell. <laughs> How about something else? But he can't, you know, we'll have him like he's kind of tied up. So he can't really touch Graham. I know I mean, it's a little silly, but I actually we'll tie like... that
1: belt really tight around yeah. him. That's
0: I like it. this. I guess I like the art direction. I like this. I like this set. It's not it, a bad. Idea. I mean, you have Spinati shooting this movie. It's not going to look bad, but and. Right. Yeah, this is a unique location, so it gives him something to do, and you get the trailer shot right here, right where he like in a sudden rush of panic and he lunges. Oh,
2: that's right, that was the trailer yeah, shot. There it is, right there. Yeah, <laughs> 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 this
0: is is this this is the scene that Norton and Ratner fought about too, where uh, or was it the first scene, but there was like a the one like or at least the one that we know about disagreement they had was ratner wanted nor wanted will graham to seem scared and have that be clear in the scene of, of Lecter and norton was like graham should be is too smart to show fear to Lecter so they made a compromise and you see like sweaty armpit stains when he takes off his jacket yeah. in the next scene yeah so you can know that he was in fact terrified of talking to hannibal Lecter
1: but... changes his underwear yeah <laughs> i do i mean i will say i
2: do like that I do like that line because I don't remember if that's in Manhunter. I do like the line of the the Chilton says or whatever, like "How did you do it?" or something like that. And he's like, "I let him kill me."
0: That's, I mean, it's, I like that. I was like, "Yeah, it's effective." I, I mean, okay. Here's a question: Do you guys like the Hopkins stuff in this movie? I think it's fine. Mm. Yeah, I, think I mean, I like it's,
3: Hopkins. It's yeah. A means to an end, and I think it is the film's credit that Hopkins is not allowed to take over the movie. Because you know, other than you know after the prologue we don't see him again for twenty nine minutes, and it's it had been you know basically he shows up for maybe a few minutes every fifteen minutes um and I may be mistaken if you go through the rest of this film, but this is really the only scene that feels like okay we we need more lecture than the book ads. we will invent a scene to give them another chitter chatter
0: Brandon. um yeah thoughts on collector
1: oh i he's fine like i mean it's a little um my i mean it's not i mean it's not any more than what he should be aside from that opening scene so barney obviously
0: looks great in this movie right yeah um (laughs) yeah no i i I, does good yes of course yeah (laughs) um but um i i agree with you brandon i mean obviously you know we can keep talking about manhunter all day and yeah i think brian cox is very effective in this mm-hmm. you know the, the small amount of time he has in the film but here yeah i mean this scene for instance brian cox owns this scene as far as how to do yeah. this, this um phone call thing to the library and all that um who's that act- guy yeah what's this actress from
1: she was in like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She got really high marks. She did this like indie horror film she recently. She got high marks from. But you've seen her in tons of stuff.
0: There was yeah, the, Was it 20 is 20 that 20 20 WB 20. show Zoe Duncan Jack and Jane? I believe was
1: the. <laughs> 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 Wait, Buffy, was she in the uh, conversations with dead people episode? I believe she was uh, one one the. Oh yeah. People conver- conversing. That yeah, it was
3: like- right around the oh, time of this movie. Era. That was uh, toward the uh yeah, that was early
0: in the seventh season. It's like that, it's that 2000 zone where there's a lot of like, you know, not the main actresses, but the other ones. They're like a lot of like Thor Birches, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Hopkins. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he, I... Like he does, he does the job, I think. I think, I mean, as far as what's required of him, the movie is giving him just enough. And I think, yeah, I think Hopkins and Ratner or whoever, as far as editing or whatnot, they do enough to make his scenes feel important without, yeah, feeling like. Right. he's not poochy you know well you're there's not, a, there's you're, a... Not getting away the, you're not getting away with the scene and be like where's hopkins like <laughs>
1: <laughs> well there's an authenticity to it in manhunter due to the fact that it is the 80s when they're filming it and things are as they are and here they're in probably shooting this in 2001 acting like it's having these 80s problems so there's a sort of yeah more theatricality yeah. to it when there's... it's kind of matter of fact in manhunter
0: this close-up by the way really shows that he's you know Fifteen years older than he was yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: and- <laughs> I mean like I you know the kind of movie that Ratner and Universal were making with this red dragon i mean yes it's it is a movie, and in a movie you want a movie star so that when Hopkins is on screen. I pay attention to him, even if he's not necessarily giving any, there's no, I wouldn't say there's any moment in this that's like, oh my God, that's like one of the best Lecter scenes ever. It's like, no, there's nothing like that. But I do pay attention to him. I, You know, he's a movie star. Whereas, yes, Manhunter doesn't need that. It doesn't, you know, it's such a different kind of thing that michael mann was going for
1: well manhunter doesn't know what this is all going to become either so it's truly pure in its own its own intentions correct no one this is this is red dragon as informed by silence of the lambs and hannibal and it shouldn't be
0: no
2: wait as a side note because i i um, i don't i don't know if i've asked you guys do you is everybody here of the opinion that silence is the best film or do some of you think manhunter is the best of of these movies of the series what we'd say
3: um, I'm Team Silence.
0: Yeah, I'm. It's I'm,
3: one of my all time favorite films,
0: period. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as well. I, Manhunter is fantastic. I mean, it's
1: I, after I watch one, I say that, and then I, I watch the other and I say that. So it's kind of flip a <laughs> coin yeah, I might for be, me.
2: I might be with Brandon there. Although I, I
1: might do. reach for Manhunter quicker just because it's got such stylish, you know, energy to it. But I'm, I'm the other way. Silence it's like it's is a good. great film. Like, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm a little the other way. I feel like if silence is like on, it's like I guess I'm watching this now. Like where Manhunter it's like, All right, like I you like, need, need a little bit more of a push sometimes. It's like this is it's so it's so striking at what it's trying to do. Where silence is very I don't know, something really watchable to it about about it, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, we got the meeting. But I mean, the there's two
1: great movies in yeah, this exactly. series, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like I said at the beginning, and like these are like, this is very kind of comparable to Terminator uh, 4B, where you have two great movies. I don't know if they have their T3 Rise of the Machines, but they have a lot of other stuff to it. Wait, the, I'm sorry. By is... the way, Peter, shut up. Really. <laughs> I'm
0: trying to, I'm trying to ah. say this for five minutes. Um, no one of note plays Howard Hughes's mother in a- the Aviator. In fact, the credit is Howard Hughes's mother in the Aviator. Wait, <laughs> what? The for the Aviator, <laughs> There's not, she doesn't even have a name. It's just credited as Howard Hughes's mother. So it's not. That said, this like just looking at this cast list is insane. <laughs> going down the right. line here. Like, wait, 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 why who's, not? Wait, who's playing the mother? It someone named amy sloan like there's I don't oh know. okay all right all right but like i have to go like 17 names down here before i start getting a little hazy on who's who like it's so there's such a huge cast list in this movie it's ridiculous
2: yeah. anyway what is she from
0: what have we seen her in emily watson break, uh, she was like breaking a, a the wa- breaking the it, waves breaking it, the waves is
1: like, at this time like she was the indie darling like we got to make her a big star yeah, her,
0: her and Chloe Sevigny were having backroom balls. Um, because <laughs> <and girls. Right.
1: laughs> she had Punch Punchdrunk Love, as we mentioned earlier. Was that? Oh, that was, yeah. it's, that's, oh, she's
0: that's this year. Yeah,
1: Angela's Ashes. Yeah, Gossard Park. Like,
0: yeah, because she was more. It's weird to say international, but like a UK star. Um, uh,
1: equilibrium, than... which is uh, quote unquote better than the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: That also, was on the box for it's that. It's on the movie. box, set. yeah. Oh. It's all, That was also this year. Big
1: year for Emily Watson. The <laughs> yeah, Boxer, break, that was a big one for the her. The Boxer, yeah, The Boxer. Well, was, yeah.
0: yeah, Breaking the Waves was that was her first movie. So right. That was the breakout. Um yeah, but it, it was a lot of like UK dramas. Yeah, was, like a Boxer, mm-hmm. Angela's Ashes. Uh you mentioned Gosford Park like
1: Yeah. Yeah, but like yeah, she was a name if you were a film person like the Philip mm-hmm. Seymour Hoffman, that was a uh, Right. and stuff, yeah.
3: This, for what it's worth, and you know, for those that are taking notes, uh, ride with me for my pleasure is not a successful pickup line. I'm sorry to report. <laughs> huh.
0: She is good here, along with what's uh, oh, yeah. with, with Joan Allen in Manhunter, as far as yeah. playing a blind character and you know making that work for the film. As far as
1: Nicole <clears throat> she- in this is really pronounced compared to Noonan.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, you kinda of almost need it to be more pronounced with Ray Fiennes because, you know, he's a he's a really good looking guy. Yeah. With respect to Tom Newton, who I love. But I but mean one time could've
1: been James Bond and now he's him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny you say that because, you know, Tom Newton is like that fits the mold of what a movie watcher would assume a serial killer would, which we've talked about before, right? right? Is yeah, far, and where Ray finds is more conventionally handsome, and that's yes. more what serial killers who do, do tend to look like, as far as that goes.
1: I believe in the book he was more defines descriptor of being handsome, but he had that one little problem that over that you know hurt his esteem and kept him where he is.
0: Is the mother stuff in the book?
1: I forget. Is oh yeah. Yeah, that's like a major factor. It takes over the second half of the book. That's what I
2: thought. uh, Can I ask you guys, those who've read uh, the books and stuff, do you guys like uh, Thomas Harris as a novelist, as a writer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, I mean, yeah, with the good ones, Red Dragon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Red Dragon and his strength is in, uh, you know, being able to interestingly do crime scene investigation, uh, mumbo jumbo stuff. It's really. Uh, with like investigations, the way people do reports and and descri- his descriptors when he tries to do an adventure novel like Hannibal, fail. He's not that he's not as interesting
2: oh so you don't like the book oh so the oh so the so Hannibal is not a case of oh the book's great but the movie just doesn't work you're like now the the, the movie uh,
1: the movie's problem is the book isn't strong enough to begin uh, with that's one of the movies Someone
3: did not listen to the Hannibal commentary
0: similar to uh (laughs) right Harrison Michael Crichton had the same problem with Jurassic Park that was that was the issue (laughs) wait what about Michael Crichton what if the lost world and that book existing and whatnot and then they made a movie like and- oh i yeah. forgot that's a book <laughs> yeah. but the book no, I, it exists because we needed it <laughs> right
3: um carnosaur
1: okay. did not have those issues <laughs> i assume the meg didn't either
0: <laughs> the
3: meg uh, the meg's got like 20 20- how is there not already a Okay, maybe. Ben Ben Wheatley's
0: making the sequel right now. He's got his new movie out. He's giving it
3: three years. They should have already had sequels to Crazy Rich Asians, Ocean's Eight, and
0: the Meg. Scott, do you want a good Meg sequel or a fast Meg sequel? Because I want a good (laughs) one.
3: Meg!
2: Bring back the cast, and you're already halfway there. How could.
0: Aren't they mostly dead in the Meg? No. No, there are several
2: survivors. Yeah. I feel like. Most of the characters are. Eh. I feel
0: like you're wrong because you are.
2: So. <laughs> I, haven't seen it in a, I only saw it once, but I'm like, wait, but just the way I saw movies- it
0: once, and I remember it more than
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Ruby Rose still alive at the end? Yes. yes. Okay, well, that's all that matters.
0: But she so. might quit
1: on you, so don't. That's true.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. All um, the people
0: that seemed vaguely important would survive the Meg.
2: I. Uh, it's funny. That's so funny. Meg just popped up on. Some, some stream and i was like you know maybe i'll give that another chance so that's kind of funny that you guys are it's really, fun for the whole fun. family it
3: does its job it's literally my entire family loved it
2: so it really is for the whole family
0: we're really you know stalling to get past another hybrid <laughs> <laughs> <I
2: guess>. <laughs> <laughs> you know this scene this whole sequence we're about to see like this this he's whole... got the
1: mask on again folks he's got the mask on again <gasps> this whole
2: scene price to me, worth it pretty...
0: peter what Peter go what are you saying say what you're saying (laughs)
2: sorry uh this whole scene to me uh feels really um I don't necessarily say if it's wooden it feels very uh, manufactured
0: yeah it feels like a scene that in a better movie there'd be a really like thrilling aspect to watching them try to do all this stuff before Hannibal finds out
1: like Manhunter yeah <laughs> but you know,
0: but in this movie, yeah, it, just, it just feels like I got to get these pieces together again. Let's so let's take this moment to talk about Brett Ratner a little bit. As far as his films at this point, uh, up until this to, to Red Dragon, the guy just has hits and is generally liked. I think as far as a direct as far as a, like because his movies say a Brett Ratner film on them. Like I remember, like the trailer for like Rush Hour Two is like a Brett Ratner film. Like in the like, I know that's contractual stuff or whatnot, but it's like it's still at the point where. Regardless, if people know who he is by name in the same way they know, I don't know, Burton or whatnot. There's something there that seems to be clicking. Money Talks comes out as his first movie. It's, you know, it makes money, but it's not like some kind of game changer. Rush Hour is obviously a huge hit, makes a bunch of money. He does The Family Man with Nick Cage. It's a pretty, that's a decent hit too, right? Scott, does that, yeah. Family Man like it makes money? Modest hit. It's a modest hit for Christmas. This is yeah. like a November release, I've had to guess since it's a Christmas movie.
3: Uh... I think it actually was Christmas, but don't quote, you know what? I'm oh, It Very is. Yeah, oh, you're right.
0: 22nd. The rare yeah. Christmas movie that opens on Christmas.
3: Holy shit. Yeah. Well, that means it must not have done well, because Christmas movies generally bomb
0: on Christmas. Well, let's see. It, it, it on. It, it, 60 million, 124 worldwide. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's 2000. So that was it up against the Grinch. The Grinch knocked all uh, the way. So. Well, that was,
3: that was Thanksgiving. Christmas 22,000 was cast away. The Emperor's New Groove, What Women Want.
0: It was a packed Uh, week. (laughs) Yeah, no, no,
3: it was a packed season. Yeah,
0: I I guess Tom Hanks is doing a little bit more than, uh, and Mel Gibson were doing a little bit more than uh, Nick Cage as a family man. Um, Rush Hour Two comes out. Rush Hour Two is a hit, right? That's like a huge, big. It 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 almost breaks
3: the opening weekend record.
0: Yeah, like it's It's a few million of the Lost World. It's like sixty-seven million or something like that. Yeah, it's like it's huge.
3: It's a breakout sequel to Holy Shit Smash. Uh
0: huh. And so at Um. this point. Brett Ratter is just like, what, he's four for or three, or at least three for three as far as block, yeah. like, bigger scale movies go. So coming into Red Dragon, which is like an art, like he did, he's done what, three fairly family for at least PG-13 movies. Now he's doing like a big R-rated adult film. I I can, not that I'm thinking people were going to the theaters because Brett Ratter is directing this movie, but in terms of like someone that's reliable as far as getting a hit goes, I get it. I get where that comes from as far, at that point, as far as getting him... Having some esteem to come with it, it's like, yeah, this guy who made those rush hour movies has a huge cast to remake um, the first Hannibal Lecter story, and he's got Anthony Hopkins back.
1: Well, in terms of where they were in their career, he's about where Mann and Demi were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of making films, Ridley Scott would be the outlier.
3: And this was certainly a, to a certain extent, it was a, fil- you know, it was a flex. It was look what I can do. Yeah, and then I- it was a far more prestigious. Yeah, it was expensive. Rush Hour Two was up like ninety million dollars,
0: but you know it certainly it's certainly seventy eight. I mean, this isn't cheap. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> um,
3: but but no, this was certainly a a attempt by Ratner to show that he could make a prestigious adult picture as well. Um,
0: Which he does, in the movie he does, and the, is, and
3: does. And the it, film wasn't a match, but it did two hundred you know eighty million dollar budget back when that was enough ish. Um. Because you had a more viable DVD market, marketing
0: was cheaper. Um, it's an R rated film, so the expectations are already a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah. Although, again, Hannibal, <laughs> such a huge opening when it opened. But also, yeah. this, this movie's only a couple years removed as opposed to. Yeah, like a year and basic, a half later. It's, it's not exactly a legacy short. sequel like Hannibal seemed to be. Yeah.
3: Um, but, but no, you guys are absolutely right in terms of this franchise where you have one film that's sort of a cult, you know a cult picture that comes out in the 80s that people have seen and people have liked, but whatever. And then you get a sequel seven years later that just blows the balls off of everybody, financially speaking. And then they spend the next 30 years to get the franchise.
0: Is this the passing the torch moment, by the way, of Ken Leong, star of Saw? Yes. This is the Schwarzenegger slash Dwayne Johnson moment in the rundown. This scene. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if he had survived the first song. <laughs> no, don't you remember the end of the rundown? The Rock also gets gunned down by a bunch oh, of shotguns. Oh, the
3: beginning
0: of the rundown. <laughs> no, no, The Rock gets gunned down by shotguns at the end of the rundown. That, uh, oh, right. yes, yes, yes. That's the the, the oh. alternate ending that Peter... Chris Walken gets for. his <laughs> revenge. <Yeah. laughs> he gets home. <laughs> it's a <his> elaborate trap. <laughs> 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 Just a credit circle. Joe Johnson murdered by a bunch of shotguns. What a dock What a dark ending. Remember how Saw has a scene where Ken Leon gets murdered by a bunch of shotguns, but it's so cheap, yes. they just kind of show, like, I guess his body shook around, and then he's like, he, he died. <laughs> There's goes, a lot about that ah. movie that's so cheap.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, for what it was,
0: yada, yada, yada. You mean the best but, car
3: chase? Yes. the best, It will never stop being funny that the, the successful director of Furious Seven was also <laughs> the guy who directed the single worst car chase in a major Hollywood movie right. that any of us will ever see. <laughs>
0: uh, he made up for it pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, and, again,
3: I like saw less than some people, but you could tell Juan like had it. the goods even back then. I'm but sorry?
0: Like, I don't like it. But I, but then, I, don't like, but I mean but then the sequel's better. But then um well there's dead silence, but that De- Death Sentence has some oh, really yeah. Death Sentence has some really inventive camera stuff going on there. Oh, yeah, that
3: one's fun. Uh, and I really liked you know, Death That's by default my favorite Death Wish kind of movie Yes uh,
0: it's, it's, it's better than the other ones
3: Yeah um, And then Insidious was good Conjuring was good Insidious 2 was good Conjuring 2 was okay Insidious 2 was d- not good <laughs> I, I've only seen them both once But I remember liking it more than the first one Maybe because it actually what? had an ending Mostly because it had an ending I was annoyed by the "wow, wah, wah it's not over yet, you know, thing with the first Insidious.
1: Um, I mean, it's a horror movie ending. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I leave you going, oh, it's still out there, shit. A couple famous it's not, ones did that.
3: That's not my favorite trope. You got to earn it. Uh, I, and I love Joyride, but I'm annoyed that Joyride did that.
0: Hey, but there's, um, two, there's two highly successful direct-to-video sequels to Joyride, though, so. At what cost, Aaron? At what cost? It, it kept Buffalo Bill employed, let me tell you right there. <laughs> Would he in the sequel? I assume so. It's, he's, he has to drop a voice. I assume he's in them, isn't That's he? True. Let's see. i curious Ryan. now. <laughs> as we continue to not talk about Red Dragon. <laughs> right. <laughs> we get, as we get back to the boring back in Miami bits or whatever we're going through.
1: Right we have uh, Mary Louise Parker here. Yeah, pre- who's
0: very it's, much collecting a paycheck. It's, yeah, it's, well, she's in between uh, appearances on the West Wing. Mm. Was Weeds still on the... Yeah. Was no, this, this, oh, this is, is right this before, before this, Angels in America, this, even. This, yeah. Yeah, this before... Yeah, Weeds is, what, 2005, maybe? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah.
1: She's still being saved. Oh, man. I like yeah. that movie. Saved? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but it's the pretty, pretty that 20 years later, we
3: haven't
2: moved to... We haven't progressed in all of society. Right. Well, I was just watching Saved for Work. Holds up.
1: No, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Really good, really good cast. Least.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um I'm sorry guys he does not voice the trucker in either no! of the, um, either of the the, the Joyride sequels <laughs> I'm sorry I got you all excited to, to go check those out immediately <laughs> my, my favorite bit
3: of dumb sequel trivia like that is the fact that Sean Bean who actually showed up for frickin' Silent Hill 2 did not reprise his role in the second Percy
0: Jackson movie mm-mm he, I, if you don't remember at the end of the first of Jackson he says my work here is done and he evaporates as he's the wise beside it of course <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, I like that J.J. Abrams has a credit for Joy Joyride 3 based on characters created by J.J. Abrams J. Uh. that's very funny <laughs> like if you gotta look up J.J. Abrams filmography Ride 3 is going to be in there <laughs>
1: That's better than Rise of Skywalker.
3: I'm about to say, you know, maybe that's a prequel. It's better than the right, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> One of the best titles of those, obviously, is I'll always know what you did last summer. It's like, okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I, the, I don't the, know why. The, the tense doesn't make reason, any sense.
3: <laughs> but for some reason, Wendy and I decided to watch that in, like, French with German subtitles. Naturally. And it, it's interesting.
2: <laughs> um, this is subtle foreshadowing. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I was
0: about to say, oh, this is this is important. It's important to know she's good at this. Do you think this movie gets away with it at the end if they don't have a scene of her knowing how to shoot a gun? <laughs> Do you think this makes? sense?
3: Uh, it- yes. Well, I, you know, I, think, I mean, I guess it, it
0: gives her yeah. more agency and more time to be on the, on camera so you don't forget yeah. that he has a wife and a child back at home.
1: I mean, they didn't show Hannibal Lecter knife training at the beginning before so he could stab Will Graham accurately.
0: Yeah, but we've all seen the edge, Brandon, so we just assume he's really good with knives. All right.
3: <laughs> um. <sighs>
0: Okay, so now here we go. <laughs> like I mm-hmm. the movie's going to start ramping up now because now it's going to really merge the Tooth Fairy and Will Graham stuff. It's so So now we get the the whole Tatler stuff here, which is, you know, a lot of Hoffman. <laughs> it's not going to end well for him, but I like, I, yes, it's maybe better done in Madhunter, but I do like the just the callousness of these guys tricking this man <laughs> for the sake of bait <laughs> <laughs> and having no remorse about it whatsoever. <laughs> Because like, they do a terrible job of keeping track of him and all of this. Yes. Like, it seems, oh, yeah. that, um, seems like this should be easy stuff for them to do okay. as far as we're using him for a very specific... Well, I guess they're trying to get him to get Will Graham and not specifically go after Freddie Lowndes, right? So that's... Yeah, they're trying
3: to... The idea is that they're going to blame... you know, Hopefully that Fairy will blame Ambil Lecter and not right. Will Graham.
0: But as we all know, if being on Twitter, you blame the person that's immediately available to associate with these exactly. things right? <laughs> and not the creator. <laughs> Uh. You blame Scott Mendelson because he wrote a bad review, not the movie for being bad. <laughs> that you haven't seen yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um uh, so basically, Scott, you work for the Tatler now. That's what we're saying.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um it's funny when you when you watch this film, it's like the one part that would probably get tagged as quote unquote problematic by modern standards is how incredibly homophobic their article is, that they're talking about in terms they're describing him. They're basically saying he's an ugly gay man that got molested as a child by by another man. And that's yeah. why he's a psycho that kills people.
0: And the Tooth Fairy takes great offense to this.
3: Yes, yes, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm.
3: <laughs> You'll have all this protection. The Tattler, you know, he will not. Freddie will
0: not. I like how he comes across this. <laughs> he just, like see, he's on the street and he just sees a Oh no, no, no! Tyler. He was going.
1: No, he was going to see it. Like he was going to get it because this guy's like back again. I said not till four, like because he he notably in the book always Fair, picks okay. up the tadler first thing, and this is not in the book, but this guy mentions that hey, I told you, not till it's up for sale mm-hmm. at ten. So.
0: So that's the that is the local newspaperman that he goes to to get his. Oh, I get it. That
1: car, nineteen eighties. Few more seventies, if me. Don't
3: park next to a van,
0: even if it's in your
3: spot.
1: <sighs>
0: I like how he assumes. Pfizer. Does he see him in the car? He just assumes he's in the car. <laughs> I guess the window is down. So he probably he's got to move
1: go. the Freddie Lounds car to get out. He's a big guy. <laughs> I will
2: say they do, they do on more than one occasion, they do utilize how strong he is. Yeah. Because I was like, wait, so he just picked up Phillips Zimmer Hoffman and chugged him in the van? Like, I mean, <laughs> like they, they, because they go out of their way to be like, he's in shape, he works out. So it's like, all right, yeah, I, I buy it, I guess, because you've proved that
0: he's a strong guy. Yeah. Uh, Ray Fines did like workouts for like months too, to prepare for this thing. So he's, this is probably and like. Prepare for,
3: the, and to prepare for Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, he chopped off his own nose.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this and, like, I don't know, Coriolanus are probably like the best shape that Ray Fiennes has ever been in for
1: movies. He's still gardening, too, from preparing for that role.
0: I mean, that movie <laughs> rules. It so. doesn't stop. The dig? The constant gardener, Peter.
1: He oh, won't wait. stop! <laughs>
3: He's not the Periodic Gardner, Brandon. He's the constant gardener. It's right there in the title.
0: I absolutely love that movie. The no, big, it's a good Gardner movie. Is fantastic. It's fantastic. Like I and I was so like I was so because I, I I'm such a huge City of God fan. I was like for Fernando Meireles is back and he's doing uh, the Carré novel. And I was like I was prepared to have like a good movie, but I was like this movie's excellent in like every way. <laughs>
1: We and it, it, it qualify for that tweet of we don't talk about blank movie enough.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> the Oscar winning Constant Gardner. Yes.
1: Got Rachel Weiser. Yes.
0: It even has a scene where Bill Nye goes, <laughs> And he gets real stammery and has to walk out of a room really angrily. It's great. It movie rules. It has Pete Postlethwaite just being cool. It's a fun movie. It's <laughs> to beat possible. <laughs> anyway, uh, Philip Seymour is going to get tortured now and it's going to really mm-hmm. suck for him. He's already glued, which he asked, he asked to be glued, for real, to this chair. He did He's going to be
1: given a, an eye test. To... He didn't want
0: to fake it. A lot of method going on in this movie, guys. <laughs> like, everyone really
1: was into this. Did he also ask to be set on fire?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, obviously no, but there's a really great uh, special feature on this uh, on this disc that shows the guy that did that. He like put on this suit and everything, and they set him on fire and threw him down a you know threw him down a ramp and did the thing.
1: He put on his Philip Seymour Hoffman mask. As, he did. He as did. As he did. You can Mission see it in the picture. He has a
0: Philip Seymour Hoffman mask it's over his face and everything, just like
1: Mission Impossible Three. Yeah, it's just it's just like that.
0: <laughs> Ving Rames helped. It was great. Comes big, big tattoos. We have
1: the meats.
2: (laughs) Wait, is this before after Da Vinci Code? Isn't this isn't this
1: before before four
0: six? Was that Paul Bettany? Yeah, Mm -hmm. as the albino. Yeah, yeah, but you know he's all white. Where you know it's a little different here. I mean, they do. I mean, yeah, the tattoos. That's a lot. But after Tom Noonan, what had an applied tattoo that they didn't show on camera. which wonderful for him (laughs) it's it's on
1: the back of the vhs tape in the dvd box right Mm -hmm. it's
0: surprising that the uh are there special features on the screen factory disc that have more of that tattoo on tom noonan i won't be surprised i I
1: can't remember it's two discs
2: (laughs) oh you're right in lens flare over his nipples it's great in da vinci code is he flogging himself he flogs himself that's his Mm -hmm. thing
0: I knew there was some weird yeah.
1: Opus day Catholic thing, yeah. thing, right?
0: Yeah, uh, Alfred Molina, who's I I would assume like eighth build in the Vinci Code. Um, he like you know he's he's the bad guy. right? He's one of the bad guys, right? Am I right, Alfred Molina in the Vinci Code? Am I making that I up? I Don't remember. Sure, I'm pretty sure. he has like a, he's like a bishop. He has like the the bull cut and all that stuff or whatever. Well, one of the the other has yeah, got religious stuff Ian McKellen too. McKellen so.
3: gets revealed as the bad guy. He's yeah.
0: one of the bad. guys you i can't even begin with trying to remember the Da Vinci Code plot but. all i know is angels yeah. and demons rocks it has a scene where ewan mcgregor jumps out of a helicopter and it's like oh that's it's, it's what that grit, and,
3: and crash lands like a Looney dudes character
0: it's yeah. amazing
1: how many is it i'm
0: right i are love many, that ridiculous ridiculous movie he's fourth how many, built alfred codes are there how many of Vinci Codes? there's three, three movies what's the third then
1: inferno inferno,
0: inferno.
2: Uh, I never saw that one. That I, I was,
0: you didn't go to that screening. That feels like something I'd sat next I, to you at.
2: <laughs> no, I, I for some reason I did have the screening invite, but I didn't go
0: for some. Reason. You didn't watch. Uh, you didn't watch Tom Hanks on Corden and and see him do all his roles and be like Inferno coming to theaters May <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Everyone watched David Pumpkin. Nobody watched Inferno. Or no, yeah, it was a, it was an October movie, right? It was like a yeah. late fall. Yeah. yeah, David S. Pumpkin, awesome. Because that was that. Yeah, that was that time. That's why he hosted SNL because yeah. Inferno was
1: coming out the iconic robert langdon of uh, tom hanks character
0: are there any more of those books
1: there's yeah there's right. uh, there that's, was that's enough i think they skipped <laughs> one hear more. <laughs> well no i think they skipped one with when they went to inferno yeah they pulled like they pulled a dragon tattoo If <laughs> they moved on cuz they did da vinci code which is the second book then went back into the first book but acted like it was the second book and they that skipped was, one da vinci code is the yeah. second book yeah
0: yeah I think it was the first one a- angels and demons is the first book was that was that big? Because Da Vinci Code was like a phenomenon when that book was... It was yeah. moderately successful. Again, not unlike, you know, Red Dragon
3: was the good, successful. Da Vinci, you know, Son of the Lands was very successful.
1: I read Da Vinci Code. I read Angels and Demons. And I read another not Robert Langdon, Dan Brown book. A dude writes the same book. Over and over and over and <laughs> no, over. Yeah, that's what again. I understand. My like, dad,
0: my dad, who's an avid reader, he tried to read the DaVinci's. Like this is nonsense. Like and it's like it's 14. a quick,
1: it's a quick read. It's a total grocery store book. Yeah, that's. Um, good. But like Dan Brown, like his structure of everything is the same. And I was like, okay, I read three of those, but
0: has uh, Refine's been in a vampire movie? We need to get him in one of those. Mm. Has he? <laughs> There's like two
1: Dracula movies and a Renfield movie going into production. Somebody can cast him.
0: Doesn't it seem like he would have been like a good vampire at some point?
1: Oh, of course. I mean, I mean you him. could
0: argue Voldemort is vampire like. He's a snake, Peter. That's different. <laughs> he he's a blood? snake no. wizard. He's a snake, <laughs> snake wizard. <laughs> so he's one of those Wait, snake he wizards. He
2: unicorn blood at
3: one point. That's a different
0: shit. part of the whiteboard in Cabin of the Woods. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, has it? I'm looking now. It seems. Sorry, he was the were rabbit and Walls and Gromit cursed the were rabbit, so he got close. Oh,
1: okay.
0: (laughs) And he was Ares, right? Or Hades. He was Hades. Yes. (laughs) He circled it plenty of times, is what I'm saying. That's my favorite part of either of the Clash of the Titans
3: movies is the bit toward the end of Wrath of the Titans where Ray finds an lame and and makes team up like buddy cop heroes. Yeah, they to kind like, of sort of save the
0: day. They're like throwing lightning bolts and shit around yeah. and things. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> remember how they made a se- remember they made a sequel to Clash of the Titans? Well that's what I'm talking about. That <laughs> happens in Wrath of the Titans. I, Which, know, I, just, I think it's a better film than Clash uh, of the Titans. It is a better one, but it's just the fact, the fact that there's a second Clash of the Titans that nobody knows. Like, that well, matter. the first one made like four sixty on a hundred ninety million dollar budget. It was in that. That was, that that was one of the
1: first, like, ooh, 3 D yeah, more was, than just Avatar movies. Yeah, it was, it was one, an infamously bad three D transfer.
0: Yeah, and a um, you know a not good movie also. Was yeah, unauthorized movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. It was a movie where, was, where like, one of the God of War games was out at the time. It's like, I just want to go home and play God of War. Why am I watching <laughs> this right now? <laughs> and I will argue to a certain extent, the
3: sequel got Tomb Raider trapped because it was better than the first one, and it was more of what we wanted from the first one. Yeah, but, but I, mean, I mean... It's not, bitten twice shy. But it's not like Rapid Titans was
0: much, much greater either. Eh, no, I agree. Um, I was big into it because it had what's his name the director of Texas Chainsaw at the beginning as detached and didn't fly. hurt well that didn't save Ninja Turtles no nope. I remember because it was like Max Payne had come out and for months I would seen that trailer and it had the Marilyn Manson song in it that's very specific to trailers and then the Wrath of the Titans trailer started coming out I might have I think I think they might have even played the Wrath of the Titans trailer during Max Payne and it has that same Marilyn Manson song in that trailer <laughs> so it's like I'm confused oh, <laughs> Notable good guy Marilyn Manson. Back to Red Dragon. Um, yeah, back to Brett Ratner.
1: <laughs>
0: um, where's Kytel at this point? He's this is before National Treasure, right?
3: He's doing whatever he
0: feels like doing. I think he's just doing like like uh, when's B- oh, that's the same year? B- cool. he's, he's be cool. National Treasure.
1: I mean, he's he never really yeah, had of a. He is. <laughs> huh. I his, career's probably, I his, career, movie. his career is probably like amazingly consistent if we look at it. Like,
0: oh yeah, I mean, it,
1: uh, he, same he, year he's got nowhere and uh, Genostra and Beeper, and he, oh, of he showed Beeper. up on Saturday Night Live as Siegfried. Right. Yeah, before this, like Little Nicky was the biggest movie. <laughs>
0: Harvey Kent, despite like what like his able for our films Harvey Keitel seems like a guy that's always been second build like that seems like his like role mm-hmm. in life beyond you know a few things here and there like smaller movies
1: yeah like he just works like and cop,
0: like Copland or clockers or what like Smoke was one of his things right like I was like a solo thing piano point of no return Bugsy. i guess he's like de facto lead in reservoir dog just because he's like the biggest name in that movie right
1: yeah yeah i name. recall
0: he's the reason the movie got made yeah he's co-producer on it I guess.
1: yeah i mean it's
0: two jakes like he has a lot of like I, i'm just i'm here i'm gonna do my thing and you're probably gonna like it
1: <laughs> it's that guy
0: yeah and... you know, the unlikely relationship that i really like him and wes anderson like he's in right. moonrise. He's a moonrise and in um, Grand. Oh, Budapest. that's
1: true. He's in Isle of Dogs as well. And he's in
0: Isle of Dogs, and he's fucking solid. like, oh, yeah. he's just like he's, he's, he just gets it with Ed Norton, by the way. Like another connection. Right. <laughs> he's like he's really funny in Grand Budapest Hotel too. He like has the bald cap going on, and got all these tattoos. He just like he, the the way just they're just trying to
1: make it. Hopkins look younger in that reflection. It takes the wrinkles away.
0: It's weird because of that like intense close up in that very light well lit scene that cuz here it looks much different the lighting's way it does yeah. it evokes more of that past uh, lector
1: maybe they're like visually trying to build him to the silence lector like, no. <laughs> <But laughs> uh, you know by do not think I don't think ratner's that <laughs> smart but wait, i have i
2: have a wait thomas harris question uh huh lector was just saying transformation is key Obviously, that's the same thing in Silence of the Lambs about the with the moth and everything. Is that all his Thomas Harris? Like, are they are the Is it always some kind of weird thing, or is it just those two books?
1: I, 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 mean, well, I think those book. are
2: the only ones he wrote.
1: Yeah.
2: Other than the, the terrorist blow up the Super Bowl one.
3: Um, yeah, did he? I mean, he wrote Red Dragon, he wrote Silence of the Lambs, Animal Rising, Animal, and then Black Sunday. What Has he written anything else?
0: I would assume so.
2: Is he still alive? I yes. believe so. He's like Man. eighty or something.
0: Yeah, he's eighty. Kari Mora. Fair enough. That's tw- it's a new it's his newest book, 2019. His first book in 44 years, not to feature Hannibal Lecter. Huh. I didn't know he wrote My- Black Sunday. Yeah. That's coming oh. out soon, isn't it? And then get like a Blu-ray at some point. Um, I think
1: i think it is out
0: or it already is okay yeah um, he's got like a new one or something from one of the black smaller sunday...
1: no there's nothing for it
0: there's...
1: yeah nobody's put it out for a black
0: sunday blu right i know you... i saw that somewhere
1: nope, <laughs> there's nothing no studio no nothing but you might be thinking of the mario baba <laughs> i'm not no. yeah uh there wait is imprint putting it out it's Hold like imprint on. or indicator one yeah. of those like yeah yep uh they it is probably out by now if this, let's see uh because it, it's 2020 it got announced yeah this is so important
0: <laughs> imprint yeah it is imprint
1: yep uh but there's no release date i don't think oh is that the tiger scene yeah we're at the tiger scene i
0: don't know if this is a real tiger you know,
1: I doubt it obviously. Oh, it came out February twenty fourth, Aaron, in okay. Australia.
0: All right. I assume it's a fake tiger, but still. It's a neat way to show bonding. I do I like this scene in both movies because it just it's so different from other ways to get across certain kinds of emotions. And I do think Emily Watson is very good in this uh, movie. Mm-hmm. Given that she has to play like the only normal character. In
3: and you know, I, I it's in the book. I think it's in the book because I know it's an incredible TV show. But I do love that the film does take the time to give her a final scene. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I really liked this movie when I first saw it. because it, it, you know, it, it shows that they were aware of the inerrant drama of their story. If
0: that makes sense, Um yeah. Ed Norton even gets a joke in, yeah. <laughs> so he, he gets to have a little laugh in this movie. My, uh, so I, I mentioned I saw this movie with my mom. As I mentioned on the previous commentary, she was she's a big fan of Thomas Harris's Lecter like books. Um, she really likes these movies. Um, we saw this, and we had seen Punch Drug Love in theaters uh, together. She was big on Emily White. She she had seen. um Breaking the Waves, and I know she's not in it, but dancer like, for some reason, you saw all the, the, uh, what's his name? Um, Haneke? Is that, yeah? um, Michael H- Haneke
2: or something? Yeah, German. Yeah.
0: That's right, right? What, I think you're right, yeah. No, white, Trier, Von Trier, Von Trier. That's what it is.
2: Oh, no, that's different. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I
0: mix the names for yes, some Yes, Breaking the Waves is Von Trier. Von Haneke. Trier. Haneke is <laughs> like
2: white ribbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I just, for whatever reason, they cross. Um, but she, like, I seen Lady Breaking the Waves, and I know Dancer in the Dark's not. With her, but just something about like that vibe. But then, like, yeah, we saw Punch Drug Love in this movie. She li- she really liked Emily Watson. She likes there's something about like her general like look that she was in, like mm-hmm. when-, when there were movies coming out featuring her, Um, she she was more interested uh, in-, in seeing like what those films were going to be. But she does fit into that role with her in like Seven Yee and and um, what's the other one? Um, Samantha what's- Morton. Yeah, I was about to say, is that Minority Report? Minority Report, Samantha Morton. Yeah, yeah Samantha Morton. Yeah,
2: I would say the same. Yeah, same era, kind of same.
1: It makes me wonder, like,
2: <laughs> I wonder if, oh yeah, Inagata Davida. I wonder if because of the rise of true crime, I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but have we really not? I feel like, you know, Silence and the Lambs and Seven are kind of the two movies that people feel that the serial killer kind of genre aped from, one or other or both. Have we not really seen anything since those two that's a new standard? And is it just because true crime itself has just become a bigger thing? So people don't care about a
0: fictional... Because I, I love
2: Mindhunter. I think that's
1: terrific. Mindhunter, there was Zodiac. The the, the thing...
0: Peter, I love Zodiac too, the, the, the but thing, I don't think Peter. those... The thing, the thing that you're saying is, the problem is, the same people keep making them. That's that's what happened. Fin- Fincher kept yeah. doing that thing really well, and it kept establishing new tableaus of how to keep accomplishing that. So, yeah, you have Zodiac comes along, yeah, a decade after seven, and, you know, he uses, like, the red camera. He uses new techniques, even, like, Panic right. has, like, digital, st- I mean, it's not a serial killer thing, but there's just this very distinct style that Fincher brings to things. That is a, you know, he's constantly evolving forward as far as how he's making these movies. Yeah, yeah you it, know,
1: girl with the dragon tattoo too. Yeah, dragon tattoo. Right, right. Like, yeah. It's, it's, what it's Adventure does now. Like, yeah,
0: and my and like you mentioned, mine hunter. I mean, so it's <laughs> yes. I mean, there's the other thing is true. You know, true crime in general, like murder story, like that's there.
1: Also, CBS would just make their primetime lineup mm. out of stuff like this. Yeah, too.
3: yeah. I mean, the criminal Minds. A few years later, that yeah. You know, watch. Stiles the Lambs every week. Right. Um, and, you know, but it, yes, it's a network procedural, but for a casual viewer, the production values, the acting, the writing was more than enough to satiate that interest. And I would um, say... They- okay. Um, and, yeah, I mean, but you're right in terms of what we started seeing and continue to see is serial killer movies that were sort of disguised as something else, like Saw, like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, um, where the emphasis was on some other point of view other than just this rugged cop that's going to take on a serial killer. And he stopped him before she stopped. The other thing is, that, frankly, a lot of the popular ones were, did have female protagonists, but yet a lot of the attempts to, to, to the genre had male protagonists. You know, that's why the snowman was dead on arrival.
0: Um, and and they're based on these books that have like these recurring characters. So you have like the Alex yeah. Alex Cross ones, and yeah, you have the Snowman attempt with um, Harry Hole, and um,
1: <laughs> yeah, the little things.
0: <laughs> yeah, the little things. Even even the Da Vinci Codes is mentioned. You have you have like these. Yeah. You have authors with you know recurring characters that become like this thing. And they have to solve a mystery. Sometimes it's a killer thing. Sometimes it's a more adventurey type thing.
2: Wait, is is Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Because I've only seen. I've seen the original film and I've seen the Fincher one. Uh-huh. Is is that whole series? Is it? A, is it a serial killer? I know it's the it, adventure. It, it's, it's, but it's no, it, it's, it,
1: it's not. It opens up the serial killer story has a background story which starts opening up to more um, corruption and stuff like that. And deals uh, with okay. the the side
0: takes over as well. And yeah, like there's a lot of back. Like it, yeah it. Yes, it's not focused on every time Elizabeth Salamander, Salander needs to uh, take on new serial killers. It's, Salander. Just, it's just different
1: kinds of things.
2: Oh my god, I totally forgot. I saw the other one. I saw the one with um,
1: the, the crown. crown. <laughs> Wait, what's that called? The girl... The, the the girl- spider's Web? Spider's Web!
2: Yeah. Yes! Right. Which, if I recall, is not about a serial killer.
0: It's not. not. It's about her long, like her estranged sister.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, like oh, that's right. It
3: felt like a, uh, you know, unintentionally, I'm sure. It felt like a rip-off of the Ed Brubaker-Catwoman arc that all the comic nerds, including myself, loved in the early 2000s. <laughs> um, which, a reference that, I means nothing to most. Never mind.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, I was
0: going to say, about, by the way, about, like, the genre of, like, serial killer films, the other thing is, as far as establishing newer takes on them, I think also adventure is more international, I think like Korea gets yeah. like, a number of things in this area when you with like I don't know, like Kim Ji Woon and obviously the Vengeance trilogy mm-hmm. and stuff like that where it's not necessarily serial killers but there's a lot of you know in terms of how to it
1: has a feel like them but yeah a exactly killer, yeah.
0: it's it's doing something new in its own way and obviously it's you know in a foreign territory and they're getting imported over on occasion Memories of Murder uh, mm-hmm. which just got the Criterion release coming out now Cr- Memories of Murder which is before Zodiac and doing very much a lot of the same thing Zodiac's doing. But it's Bong you and he's you know <laughs> doing his own thing.
1: Uh, There's a cool one called H. Uh, that's a right lot of mid two thousand one. A lot
0: yeah. of Ray Fines right there.
4: Yeah. That's yeah. What's <laughs> the-
1: <laughs> Hot dog. We have a wiener.
0: <laughs> we, we talked over the, but like the, you mentioned this earlier as far as the. Um, how much empathy we're kind of given for the tooth fairy this time around or whatnot, mm-hmm. like the manhunter, it, you know, it makes them seem like two outcasts essentially that are like getting, finding each other. Uh, even though Joan Allen, I still think is she's not, despite being like a blind character, it, she's still generally played as like a cool person that people, you know, like to be around this one. It does make their, their romance feel more genuine. I would say like, it, yeah. it feels like two, two lost souls, despite the well, fact he's
1: really vulnerable and he is movie, he's, he mean.
0: is he plays it though yeah
1: yeah well it's a weird
2: thing because it feels like um i mean i guess i'm you know i'm assuming if you're watching the commentary you've already seen this movie um i remember because i hadn't like i said i just watched this this week and i hadn't seen it in i guess 20 years or whatever and when he meets his end with uh with her at the house I was like, you know, I actually guess they kind of feel bad for him and everything, and then you basically have that scene. But no, it has to go further. And I was like, well, of course it does, because
1: to be fair, is in the book.
0: Yeah, the, the, this mm-hmm. this version of the ending is truer to the novel than the, yeah. man, the man. I
1: mean, the, I mean, this characterization is closer than novel than. Oh, so one. this
2: is closer. Okay, so this is closer to the book. Okay, this yeah. uh, this
1: dollarhide is conflicted about his pursuit of the red dragon the tom noonan one is going to stop at nothing to become red dragon correct right that's
0: there i mean we talked about this with manhunter and jason coleman specifically pointed out how he really likes how they didn't really emphasize the painting and the dragon and stuff as much and they just made it more about tom noonan's just his his own drive about being Having like exterior motivations this mm-hmm. one really takes it to heart because <laughs> we're gonna see him like go to the damn museum to find the painting and eat it <laughs> It's like, this, is, this, is,
1: this is that unnecessary prequel origin story feel yeah. of dollar hide that's like oh yeah no, no i gotta no. say
2: i really lo- that's actually one of my favorite scenes in this version is him eating the
1: painting well, it's in the book so it's just
2: it, it's just very simple it's just the actor eating this thing and it's i'm a, like it's oh, a that's credit it's yeah. a
1: credit to Ray Fiennes. That's, that's yeah. why.
0: That's why it works.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think it goes for w- it.
1: what we're seeing is, I, I don't like Michael Mann found something that, that was important to do his adaptation of the story and is what you do when you make a film adaptation. Um, there's always that thing where you read the book once, you throw it out, and then write your script on what you remember and see what stuck, what was the important thing to you um that's more speaking to what man's film was cuz he cuts all the mother stuff which i think should have like was the most uninteresting stuff in the book was the mother background stuff well, that that's the of, thing
0: too right man shot like shot all the stuff in the book besides the ending he shot everything he just cut yeah. a lot out right i was right. like he just he kind of found it himself as far as what yeah. he wanted to do versus what what makes this thing
1: tick we're making a movie we're not reading a book like that's mm-hmm. that adaptations is just a fascinating thing to me a lot of times cuz i don't You know, books don't work as movies as well as, you know, different, like comics don't always work as movies as neatly as people want to think they do. They don't.
2: And video games, even more so.
1: Yeah, video (laughs) games, even more so. They don't, and they're still figuring that out. They they,
0: keep proving that they're they're not for this.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, like that's the thing. Like people think adaptation is so easy. It's not.
2: I remember I was at a. um...
0: Nick Cage made a movie about that. Right. I it was, was called prepared. Welcome to Paradise.
2: I was- <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, Welcome to Paradise.
0: The road to paradise. Is it Welcome to Paradise? Is that it? Is it welcome to Paradise? Trapped in Paradise. Trapped in Paradise. Oh
2: I yeah, trapped like
0: Dana Carvey um, and the- a movie I haven't thought about in analytics. 30 years.
2: I um I was at a a rough cut um screening uh before I became like critic and I was, you know, just trying before to
1: Before you were the Peter Paris. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like,
2: but uh, I right. see as he has heard in a house party, <laughs> but um, I was but walking
0: right. through uh, the, the crime alley.
2: <laughs> um, but I went to one of those screenings where the movie's not done yet, you know. Yeah, and it was, um, it was Firefly because I was a big Josh Whedon fan, so I was Serenity. Sort of
1: Serenity. Oh, Serenity.
2: No, you're right. Oh my god, which makes how terrible of a fan I guess I am. But, um, I'm in line.
0: You and- lost all the brown coats just then, Peter. But <laughs> uh, I was not a brown, yeah, like <laughs>
2: But I um, I was in line and the people, you know, I start talking to other people and they were huge Harry Potter fans and they hated, I'm going to Brandon's thing, they hated Azkaban, which is my favorite one, because it was not exactly like the book. There's like, nope, oh, there's too many changes. Well, I was like, well, that's the best one as a movie. Like, But yeah, so some people are very they really don't want you to change at all. Even if it doesn't work as well as a movie, they just want it to be like a book on tape experience. I can well, understand I, it if
0: you're like a massive fan at the time and you just saw two Christopher Columbus movies that are balls long and you're like, oh, what's this? Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> I really, I
2: love, I love Azk- I'm assuming you guys like Azkaban, I would assume.
0: I like that. That Koran guy's I going places.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. He's about to take the leap.
0: Oh, he has to get rid of her. Um, first. Well, he's
2: gotta knock her out first, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Stop breathing on this. Oh, sir. Face, face. <laughs> Come on. Is he carrying that all the time?
3: Just in case he needs to billy club somebody? Yeah. yeah. You don't? <laughs>
1: I do in this but...
3: climate. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Sometimes it's hard to get your heel into the shoe. like how you he has it. one! Like these are elite, like I police mean, can't use those. I
3: keep mine at home
0: mostly because I just use it to put my kids to sleep. Mm-hmm.
1: This is nineteen eighty nine ish, 90, 91. So oh, yeah, so police would still have
0: yeah. those. Yeah. Oh no, he's ripping it.
2: He's yeah. Again, you're I right. How quickly he shut he's, that he's, out! He's, he's just the, going
0: uh, for it, you know? like,
1: tribute yeah. to Jason goes to hell.
0: It's made of sugar glass, Scott. So it's just really trumpious.
1: It's not what it looks
0: like. By the way, I like his clothes right there. I like, it's a nice little. Oh, he's he's a very he the man. Of it's team. like a nice brown shirt with the a blue tie and the jacket. Like it's a nice combination he's got going. Well, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's not. He doesn't kill anybody.
2: Why okay, fine. The... You think that, but
0: yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as L.A. Cool Jay said, Mama said knock him out. So. They're down for the count, at least. Yeah, the most 80s stuff is just watching, you know, convex TVs.
1: The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <Like that's> the... <laughs> Which we're still around at this time. It wouldn't yeah. be abnormal yeah, to yeah, it's see not something. Abnormal to...
0: But they're on, like, trays and stuff. I don't know. Kytel is in this a
1: lot. <laughs> now that I'm watching this. He yeah. like, certainly earns his
0: screen time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you, you'd think Kaitel would bring something more interesting than like Dennis Farina, but Dennis Farina is like way better. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, you're you're not wrong, uh, and that movie. I mean, it
0: the procedural aspect is so much there, and Farina's you know an actual cop, so like, he, like right. he's he's bringing that like world weariness to it. Although you yeah, know, Kaitel's seen some shit, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> it just feels you know watching this movie, it just feels like everybody's like held back just a hair. You know, like everybody's like God, uh, I can't. Uh, just freely go through these scenes, or just bring something interesting to it. It's like, hang on, like maybe that last movie felt too over the top, and that was part of a mandate.
0: I wonder what the deal, Dino De Laurentiis factor is in all of this. Yeah. Like, yeah, you were saying, like, yeah, don't make it like Manhunter, jokingly, but like, I wonder if there is a kind of guidance as far as how to make this just like appealing.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there was a. a... Very intentional attempt to make it a conventionally crowd-pleasing, you know, action thriller. Not action, but, you know, a crowd-pleasing thriller. Again, you know, not to be a broken it's, record, but incredible Hulk of of, of of, Who's the Hulk.
1: It's It's not uh, painfully average, but it is in the average...
3: Well, yeah, it, is, right. it is aggressively mainstream in a way that Brett right. Hunter was not.
0: Well, because it's the Ratner of it all. You Again, you had movies yeah. that were directed by Michael Mann, Jonathan Demme, and Ridley Scott. So, <laughs> right. I mean, like, the, the the trajectory there is like, Brett Ratner, alright. And, and
1: <laughs> it's Ratner trying to sort of J.J. Abrams it and make it Demme-like. Exactly. yeah There's no flavor. Yeah.
0: there's It's just, yeah, it's trying to ape a thing and he's not Jonathan Demme. <laughs> he's not Ridley Scott, so you're not mm-hmm. going to really get anything there. And the actors, I don't necessarily need think they need like a fire lit under them to get going, but I don't think, which is weird because I do think Ratner, his strength seems to be getting good chemistry out of his actors. And I mean, you know, the people yeah, that... he does. The, I agree. The people that need chemistry in this movie have it. Ray Fiennes and Emily Watson work together. Uh, Anthony Hopkins works with everybody, so I mean... But yeah, it's just... it's that There's not a... You know, I, I don't think he got everyone together and was like, we're going to make the most ambitious Hannibal Lecter movie of all time here. <laughs> like...
2: No, but I will say to Brandon's point, it's interesting. Um, Brandon, Brandon and I were earlier talking about the notion of like how Anthony Hopkins approaches acting, what Brandon is saying, like a lot of British like actors do and to what what we kind of see as kind of a pretentious version way that Norton sort of can. But it's interesting because as a, I think for all of us who are like big movie fans, I think we, even though I, there's a ton of like movie mainstream movies we love, I think most of us veer to the side of we want someone um, like a Michael Mann who's putting his own kind of flavor or whatever to a material instead of going, I'm just going to give you this meat and potatoes thing, which is different than it sounded like, Brandon, you were saying that you kind of like Hopkins being like, you know, this is a job. I'm here to do a job. I mean, technically mm-hmm. for this, for Bratner, this is a job. He's doing a job, but yeah. none of us seem to like this the same way we do the Mayan movie.
1: Well, uh, there's a difference between acting and directing that I'm. Of that I'd be going for that'd be two different things here. But I mean, th- I think your average person would think this is probably a solid, pretty good movie, and yeah. I they'd probably yeah people like this like it over, over Manhunter. I would say it's because it's safer. Um, it's not being strange. It's not taking you in a weird direction. It's consistently just what it is. It it's it's wildest side is when it shows flashes of gore. Like that's.
0: Frank Whaley citing, by the way. Just- I mean,
2: like, I mean, one big, big, huge difference is the music, like the score. Mm-hmm. I have, no, I, like, I know we're watching this without volume. I just saw this this week. I don't even remember what this score is. I absolutely remember the man, the, yeah. The man, like, I Michael Mann's music, the way he uses, you know, pop music and score. I absolutely remember that. Well, you
1: remember scenes, you remember sequences, you remember Peterson deliveries. Like, it's all there. Here you're just like. Uh, Vanilla, like I, it's, Vanilla. It's, it's
0: especially funny because it's Danny Elfman, and like when he's not doing Burton or he's not doing someone that's more, you know, that's gonna push you really in the visual department, it's just wallpaper. We're listening to yeah. Danny Elfman, like yeah, you're right, like it's just, it's not doing anything, mm-hmm. which is it's weird because it's like his Boom. name is, seems very distinguished when you see Danny Elfman did the score, but it's like all right, <laughs> it's just like yep, yeah, he made music. Like, that's kind of what we got.
2: Although this is, wait, did you say this 2002? Yep. Yeah. And yeah. This, when he did
0: the Spider-Man,
2: I actually like his score. In, isn't this Spider-Man? No. It's when he get, works with certain people. When he, uh, he works with uh, Sam, Sam Raimi again. Downtown, again. Right. Rage, like, he make, like, the Spider-Man score is
0: fantastic. Like, is. Uh, yeah. I'm, all, I'm actually not a huge fan of the Spider-Man score, but I bet What? <laughs> oh i like it in two more where they fought when they when they they broke
2: up for a while well two is also a better movie i mean but it's still yeah well
0: it's the kind of thing with avengers where it's like yeah when i hear it i recognize it doesn't mean i have to like it that's kind of where i am with spider Man and avengers for that matter because i don't think it's a very good score but as far as this goes yeah there's the distinct choices being made here they don't amount to much by comparison to something like a man film, which is more striking. But yeah, Brandon, you're exactly right. There's a lot of people that like this movie a lot. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to say they like it more than Hunter as much as people just
1: not haven't really seen
0: Manhunter. Like, it's right. just not, it's not a, it's a popular movie to people like us. Well, and
1: now it's hashtag old movie too. So yeah. it
0: has that going for it. Yeah, it's, be, it's before 1990.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, I mean, my, actually I will say my and girlfriend. Of my its girlfriend, time she my girlfriend loves criminal minds and a lot of this kind of stuff svu and she grew up watching because she was younger when this came out and she really liked when i told her i was like i was like oh i'm gonna watch red dragon because we're gonna do a commentary she's like oh red dragon fantastic and i was like really fantastic like okay um but yeah she really likes it she thinks it's she's seen it many times probably in cable and
0: everything because it works as a conventional mainstream crime drama like it And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that as far as what it's doing but like i I wouldn't be surprised if someone's like, well, "What are my favorite crime movies? You know, Seven and Red Dragon." Like, I get it. I get, I get where that comes from.
1: And so also that like perfectly fine waiting for it to come on DVD type movies. Yeah, so, like that's perfectly.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's no Animal Rising.
2: But...
1: Yeah, right.
2: You know, I've never seen Hannibal Rising. It's the only one I have not seen. <laughs> Which I've I mean, oh, heard is give, give, terrible. Given but, the like...
0: amount of time between it coming out and us doing these commentaries, it feels like we haven't seen Hannibal Rising either.
5: <laughs>
1: I imported that thing from Germany. Cannot wait. I am going to rent it, <laughs> or maybe buy it. Give it out. To- I own the entire collection. <laughs> Although that'll 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 end when the Clary show comes out on Blu-ray or DVD. I don't
0: won't. I don't have the uh, shelf space for a Hannibal Rising. to, So like, just for me to sit there for five minutes, like where the fuck, where do I put this? Like, what, what kind of
2: <laughs> I put <laughs> wait, I was just thinking. So this whole thing right now is a ruse, but he's it's. It's a ruse where he has to somehow assume that she would escape to be able to tell the tale.
1: Yes, that's yes. important.
2: Mm-hmm. Like that's a hu- that's
0: a huge thing. She's blind. She could absolutely die here. She might not get out. Like I mean, he's not necessarily counting on it. It's like ideally this goes my way, and yeah, she lives. I get the fuck out of here, and whatever. If she and doesn't only
1: live, the dumbest members of the audience buy it. Yeah. And if, if she doesn't if she doesn't live
0: uh well at least i got a body there to like seem like i got something going on
1: does not showing gore and stuff throughout this movie help this moment no but
0: i but i, I, I will i will People say like, i'd would I'd, r- 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 let me don't brain say brain r- say this, let me say this i'd rather i'd rather th- cuz emily watson has a very fairly pale face yeah. i think they use that to their advantage here where the blood splatter on here is very distinct. And I'd rather see that than, I don't know, like a shotgun blast to the, fi- also you can't see it because that will ruin the mystery. of. This That's
1: story. what I meant. But like having not shown a lot of violence like that up to this, you're like expecting not to see a big gory head explosion. And then she finds the remnants on the ground. So it's kind of in it kind of in t- it's step with what we've seen before.
2: It's a, I don't know. I mean, it, for some reason... We're um, playing down
1: the fact
0: that we saw a man burning alive in a chair earlier. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. there some stuff that that's not That's not bloody, though. No, it's not, not, but I mean, you're a horror guy. I mean, I think general audiences that see some of this stuff, they're probably not used to seeing a man in a chair burning alive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I guess well, that's they saw true. A they are, but...
0: Yeah. Well, also, up to a point... But they didn't bring you know,
3: Mainstream oriented <laughs> pictures, even mainstream horror pictures, usually had... One or two gore highlights. Um, that's
0: a fake
1: you know, explosion. <laughs> yeah, a yeah, couple of years. Saw would change everything. A couple years yeah. later,
3: when we, the grand House stuff came back,
1: saw and Hostel,
3: uh, et cetera, et cetera. But before that, you know, you'd watch a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and there'd be the gore highlights. You know, maybe in part five, it was when the one girl gets her intestines fed to her over dinner, or in you know part three, it was the tearing that the kid gets his. Uh, yeah. <laughs> arteries clawed out. But, you know, it was violent. It was bloody, but it wasn't. It was different.
0: I mean, if anything, I would argue this is maybe an, over, an overcorrection for Hannibal, even though yes. the thing that people talked about in Hannibal was Ray Liotta eating his own brain. I mean, there's. So, but even then, they're like, well, we went pretty extreme with that one. Let's tone it down this time around for whatever reason. Let me just I, Again, Liotta. I do love this scene
3: it if for no other reason than it's a lovely character moment that doesn't need to be there, but still is this is her
1: oh, Tom, I agree I mean she's straight out of the book work.
0: too, yeah, this is her Tom Hanks, Captain Phillips scene, yeah it is it really is a nice moment because the people get mm-hmm. to talk normal to each other, and yeah, Norton makes a little joke, and it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> And this is one of two scenes of Emily Watson this year in a hospital after a horrible accident's taken place. <laughs> and the punch drunk loved one is sadder because he, <laughs> le- because he left to take care of evil Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> I wonder if this movie does increase because Scott, if Scott Glenn is in it, like I wonder if there's like a significant improvement, like just by having him back.
1: I wonder what the yeah. chemistry between the two is like.
0: Like Scott Glenn's more of a method guy, if I'm not mistaken, too. So yeah, I can
1: yeah. See. it's a d- completely different energy than Kaitel. Like, yeah, yeah. Scott he's Glenn not, just entering not, the screen, you Brooklyn. feel like he's a villain no matter what he's, you know. Scott Glenn could play like Superman or Captain America, and you'd still be suspicious of him.
0: Yeah, there's a simmering tension there, where where Harvey Keitel—he's he's a Brooklyn guy, you know.
1: <laughs> Even as Punctious Pilot, he was a Brooklyn guy. Oh yeah, that's that's why that movie rules.
0: Yes, specifically why. <laughs> there's some other good stuff in it too, I guess, but it's mainly because of Punctious Pilot.
1: And he's a ginger, like a ginger <laughs> Brooklyn Punctious Pilot. Yeah, like it's great.
0: I'm being completely serious by the way, having just like recently watched it like last oh, year. Oh no, last, no, that movie rocks. Of yeah. It does rock, but it's but part but Carver Cartel is really good in that movie, despite the fact that he's like, Oh, mm. ancient times, sure, I'll play yeah. myself. Like,
1: <laughs> Hashtag my, my Jesus.
0: Which is honestly, I, I've said this many times. I prefer it that way. I don't need a fake Roman accent in an old movie to like, make me feel like you're older. Do your own thing. Like that's Mm -hmm. more, that's more fun to me.
1: It's like Kubrick when he did that, uh, French soldier, uh, what's it called? Path of Glory. Path of Glory. He's like, everyone's, everyone's just, are you English? You're going to go to the theater. You're going to hear it. It'll be dubbed in another country in their language. And that's a drama.
0: That's a drama, yeah. though. Like I think of like recently, like Death of Stalin, where the joke is the fact that they are all English and mm-hmm. and American, not doing fake Russian accents, and it works. But yeah, give me those dramas. Or like Hunt for Red October, obviously. Yeah. Even though they're kind I of,
3: I do, I do like that thing that they do in Hunt for October and Valkyrie, where they talk in the respective language in the first like two minutes, and then they just stop.
0: Mm-hmm. And like, okay, you can get the close up, and then the back. Yeah. And- Anyway, we're getting to this ending now that is like the book. <laughs> like he immediately yeah. sees the glass and it's like, "Up. Oh, I got a dollar hide on my hands." And dollar hide's like, "I am not going to hide this apparently. I'm going to use the glass from this mirror that I saw right when I walked to the door." So funny yeah, how the book is very I don't know about conventional, but it certainly plays in a Hollywood friendly type of way as far as how to write the Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. In the in this movie very much fits that tone. It's like, yeah, of course you need an ending like this. You need Rule Graham to do something cool, not just watch a house blow up and assume that his case is closed.
1: Well, and uh, Silence has that, but with Lecter's Escape, which comes right before the finale. You
0: need a lot very of Hollywood type. Yeah. Stuff. Where he just hates mirrors. That's right. It, well, that's, I mean,
1: well, he uses the mirror to put in their I, eyes. Yeah. I know.
0: He just needed two mirrors because he walked in the door and did one, then he did another one up here. And he's been waiting there for like 20 minutes, being like, Your father's going to come here any second. I know it. Oh, that's threatening. Right.
1: carpet's finished
0: (laughs) (laughs) I my issue here is like this is the problem with not having a very active Will Graham in this movie right like I get what you're doing in this scene it's working obviously but did we get enough of like Ed Norton being like the guy that knows how to do this kind of thing in a moment of crisis no right
2: It's really it's really to show that we he read that line filthy beast in the book five seconds ago or whatever. Uh Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's all like it's it's all kind of told and not visual like you never sense in this movie that this guy becomes the killer or puts himself or like does a method thing to put himself as the killer.
0: He's not the empath that we know will Graham to be in the other stories. Like
1: He gets so deep in it in Manhunter There's the alternate ending where he shows up At that prospective family that Dollar Hyde Was looking at's house and is just like I'm here He's mm-hmm. like what are you doing and He's just like I don't know and it's well,
3: like, I, I I think here it's more of just you know a Hail Mary Pass because there's You know it's the only play he's got
0: Yeah it's Yeah, I'm not saying I need like a generic scene of him doing this before before hand, but at the same time, (laughs) there there is a way to make that feel like a thing that the character that's organic to the character. And I don't think the movie really does much of that because of how just not as interesting Will Graham is compared to other versions of Will Graham that we've seen. My comparison comes at like Dragon Tattoo when Salander, like in the Fincher version where Salander goes on like a really... (laughs) Elaborate trip where she has to play multiple different Kinds of people that are all extroverts And it's like yeah. where did this come from Like yeah. where, where's, where's this person been The whole movie right. Where we randomly have to make her look like a conventionally attractive uh, You know starlet she's, she's putting on like wigs and costumes And like going to bankers and being all positive oh, I like that,
2: I like yeah. that stuff In the movie
0: I, I, in theory, I like it, but it just is like, where did this character come from all of a sudden <laughs> in the, the last uh-huh. t- five minutes of this movie? Before she throws her stuff in the trash can and walks away, and it's a cool ending. <laughs> anyway, let's get rid of this guy. Boom in the head.
1: Okay, <laughs> I don't know. She needs a couple more training scenes to show me the echo. Buy into that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: where did she right. get her
3: powers?
1: What kills me, especially because of
0: how much of a powerful character she plays with like weeds and other things is mm-hmm. after she shoots this man point blank in the head she's immediately wailing and crying <laughs> it's like okay
1: that's uh the book she's much, she's much tougher and i don't think will graham shoots him up and it's like oh finish him off i think she straight up yeah she's the yeah. one that gets in the him. book and yeah. she's cold about it like she's just like she's mad at jack crawford like you have brought it all to this and now it's affected me like mm-hmm. like to this like i've killed a man she's piss
0: it reminds me very much of the film i watched last night kill list the ben wheatley's film oh yeah oh, yeah uh, which nice. i had not which i had not seen before the better uh,
1: serbian film
0: it uh <laughs> <laughs> it uh it has a moment that feels very much like that moment the wife who does not cry uh in her time of need um <laughs> movie rocked oh. by the way it's really dark and disturbing but uh, i was like oh, it. no it's yeah this this bothers me right there He's
2: throwing away... Like, isn't that a huge deal to have some kind of letter from Hannibal Lecter and he just tosses it? For some well, reason, I'm like... Well, happened? he's well, not... going well, to sell it. No, not <laughs> to sell it. I just... <laughs> I just meant in a... In the notion of like, look, this is big deal
0: that you got this letter from... No, no. We've talked about... We've talked about this. Like, the... The relationships Lecter has to these various cop characters is different throughout each film. We've talked about that in the other comics. It
1: seems we, sucks. Yeah, it does. Sorry.
0: With, with, Will, with Will Graham... They are like, even if there's a respect there to some degree, they pretty, pretty much hate each other. They don't want anything. They don't want to be part of their each other's lives where compared to Clarice, they are very intensely interested in each other uh, to whatever, whatever avail uh, that might come to. But she will keep those. She's the one that's going to read that kind of letter or whatnot. She's going to keep.
2: I guess. It. Yeah, I know. I meant it more from a legal point of view of like, can you legally throw that away? I mean, wouldn't they be like, dude, that's He's in everything. jail. What do they? What's he going to
0: prove? Yeah. You wrote me a letter. You're guilty. Like, what is that going to do? He's already Who in
2: jail. Although, you know, I just realized... Technically- <laughs> He's in jail for life. Like, what else is it going to do to him? I mean, I guess. Yeah. He's in or the
0: lowest know. part of that prison.
2: <laughs> you could also argue that that's really just a copy of the letter, that they the real letter, and they just gave him a copy. You go, oh, he wrote this to you. Or, I mean, yeah, I guess that's... It's mail. What is he going to do with it? <laughs> um, Frame it in his people-that-hurt-me file? <laughs> <laughs> people-that-hurt-me file. <laughs> Oh my god! But yeah, Brandon. uh, To Brandon's thing, uh, yeah that that ending. um, I gotta say, (laughs) bad. I will say, I'll say this. Even though I think this movie is fine, it's Uh like you know, it's like a three out of five or whatever. I think most of us probably do not like the remake slash prequel to the thing. I actually like that ending in the thing because it's kind of the same idea, which is we're bringing you right to the beginning of the of this classic movie, and that movie's not very good. But I like that more than I do what just happened here. Oh, I mm-hmm. hate what just happened here. Yeah, yeah, yeah what it, they that, needed
1: to do is have Chilton come back. It'd be like uh, Janice Gerber. That's her. <laughs> that's her name. Janice <laughs> Gerber. Awesome. Oh, it's just an interview for. a paper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Peter by the in terms of that very low bar, sure. Like, yeah, this movie, <laughs> the thing you the did it, movie. the
1: thing re- prequel <laughs> remake you prequel thing, yeah, like, red dragon from Brett Ratner. Well, the like, other
3: thing is just logically speaking, you know, the idea that this is supposed to take place right after the story, like it, the last FBI agent just had a murderer trying to kill his family and if you look at the timeline it was like, what, a month ago? I don't yeah. think Jack Crawford would be like, let's send another one in now. one's <laughs> yeah. even less uh, qualified.
1: Yeah, Buffalo Bill and uh, these two were happening like... Yeah, they right? can currently...
3: this fucking phase
0: one of Marvel where everything's happening the same week? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as, we, as I've said before, if you brought that Will Graham and Clarice in another Hannibal film, like I'd really like to see what that's supposed to be. Uh, what are the odds on they, that? They I think we talked about this. I think we talked about this but the odds have to be a little bit high. Wait, what? Of of seeing a, a some kind of weird legacy sequel that actually does bring Will Graham and Clary Starling but and Would you bring Elector
1: Peterson or would you bring Norton or would you bring more
0: or would you bring Foster? Well, you'd bring well you'd, you'd have to you'd back bring up. Foster. The the Brinks trucks would have to be pretty big to get to Foster, but I'm, I'm sure they'd bring them. What if you did
1: Foster and, bring, and Brian Cox? Oh. <laughs> Foster, Brian Cox,
0: Harvey Keitel.
1: <laughs> no,
0: you know, we get it all at
1: to random. Every, somebody from each one. Yes, well, I guess it's, well,
0: who owns who owns Lecter? Is it just the the the, the Laurentis estate? I believe so.
1: Yeah, but they don't have uh, Silence of the Lambs or anything. So, they which is couldn't. why on Clarice, whenever anyone's about to mention Lecter, they get like
3: bu- a buzz, you know, uh, electric shock. it's yeah. be very funny.
2: <laughs> Wait, I thought the Clarice. Wait, I saw the pilot. I thought the Clarice Show is all is about very much. The, it's so. very much the world of Silence of the Lambs. Yes, yeah, Silence of the Lambs, Lambs
0: not Hannibal Lecter.
1: you can only have Paul Cren- an Cren- if Paul Cran- Anyone Lecter on the it.
3: show, they get shot.
2: It's very sad. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, well, um, I, I, I mean, Aaron, are you saying in the world because we know this the success, the relative success of you know, look at um, Halloween modest budget to the star wars the sequel trilogy yes i can see a world where you reunite jodie foster and anthony hopkins are you saying why not throw in will graham no, like well, sure i, I guess, guess so saying, like, yeah.
0: feasibly if you want to give it a hook that would be a way yeah. to do it oh so they're working together on a
5: yeah for I whatever
0: guess. reason you bring in those it's i i can you know it, the thing is these are actors that are that they like their job too much. <laughs> like, so Jodie Foster's not going to do that. William Peterson, not going to do that. <laughs> so it's like, it's never going to, even Edward Norton, I mean, probably not going to do that. Jodie Foster
2: wouldn't come back for Hannibal. She's probably not going to. Do you think that they offered her a lot of money for Hannibal? And she oh, said Of course. That? Yeah, yeah, that's
0: why. That's exactly. That's, she, yeah. she She would have made the most money ever if she did it. And she still said no. Dwayne Moore, wow. Cox. For Anna and
2: the, Anna and the King. So she basically pulled the Keanu Reeves move with Speed Two. I'm assuming they they offered him a lot of money to do Speed Two, and he said they no. They did. They must
1: have. Yeah. Yeah. He like, said,
2: "I'd rather tour with my rock band." And, and
3: the they, year before the movie came out, everybody said he was an idiot for doing that. So uh-huh. Then after the movie came out,
1: he's a genius for doing yeah. that. It <laughs> wasn't. What, did his girlfriend die around that time too? That yeah yeah he was in that yeah, but I think he also just saw the forest
0: for the tree. He was just like, yeah. no, I don't want it. And like, Sandra if Bullock- you reunited
1: Sandra Bullock and Keanu for another speed, I'm sure that would get yeah. some people. I, I,
0: you know, I'll get schedules,
3: money, I don't know, but I don't get how the people working on John Wick 4 are aren't trying to get, you know, Sandra Bullock and or Winona Ryder and Carrie Ann Moss back in the sandbox.
2: So, so Aaron, I, what you're saying is uh, Florian, who, who's the person who made the father? Florian, Florian Zeller. Florian Zeller missed his opportunity to, to end the father with um, because he can't. Cause I mean, the whole premise of that movie is he's you are sort of playing with different actors playing him sort of. So you're saying Jodie Foster could have showed up at the end and he could have been like, who are you? But,
0: yeah, that'd be such a great in joke, I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he missed Florian, he missed it. He missed his I'll opportunity.
0: I'll say I'll say this. If Anthony Hopkins pulls off as a prize win at the Oscars, I, I will I won't wait very long to hear rumors about Hannibal Lecter re- reprising. His <laughs> <role>. <laughs> I don't I don't think he's gonna
2: win. I'll hear you. Yes. Oh. So All wait, right. wait. Yeah. So anything you'd like to see it, would you like to see this this movie made? Do I
0: want this no. to happen? We're no, talking if you to want happen. to make
1: money yeah. <laughs> and have a property, like, that's how it's done.
0: If you, if you said, here's a trailer for this thing that actually exists, yeah, we're going to go see that movie. But like, no, I'm not saying I need this in my life. That's ridiculous. I mean, I would love for Jodie Foster to live in a gold-plated mansion, but otherwise... <laughs> if thomas harris came out with a secret manuscript <laughs> that was what <laughs> happened when clary starling and will graham got together to like i don't know seek down
3: has been kidnapped and but even he, the only, book- he holds the clue to yada 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 even the and the couple- only people that can find him are will graham <laughs> and starling.
0: and they've kind of foolproofed Boom. that because of the movie and so you'd have to like doc you'd have to um what's the shining sequel doctor um Doctor Sleep. You'd have to that doctor. Sleep. Box S- office spectacular. Doctor Sleep. You'd have to doctor Sleep it as far as fudging the details between the novel and the movie being so different from each
1: other in order to make it all work. The one handed Hannibal Lecter, who's now like I
0: guess that he and well, right. had. To have, they'd have to break. They'd have to have broken up, <laughs> like in this version to make that something.
2: <laughs> I really like Doctor Sleep. Poor underrated movie. Poor, poor box office bomb. I, See, I don't I like think it's
0: underrated. I
1: like that. Underseen. Yeah, under,
0: under- it. Under- again, it was Blade Runner under- 2049 under- all over
2: again. Right. Underseen. You're right, because I think you most know, people I know like it. People overspend it. on That director's cut dynamite. Movie. Yeah. yeah. The director's, the director's, cut's cut. great. director's Cut's the version I was thinking of, but yeah. yeah.
0: All right, so we've talked plenty about Red Dragon. The movie's been over for a few minutes now. Let's <laughs> <laughs> wrap this thing up. <laughs> so, We're halfway into Hannibal Rising already. To wrap this up, when can, where can people find more of you guys online? Let's start with Brandon Peters.
1: Uh, the Brandon Peters Show is my podcast. You can go to com. Anywhere podcasts are found, I have a YouTube channel for it too. And you can find me on social medias at Brandon4kuhd. I also write Blu ray reviews for Why So Blue. Dot com scott
0: mendelson we're gonna be able to find more of you online uh forbes.com
3: uh google some variation of forbes scott mendelson the ticket booth i'm on twitter at, at scott mendelson and that's basically it peter paris we're gonna be able to find more of you
2: my social media is uh pajamo with an o and then um i also like brandon Wright for why so blue although t- lately i've actually been focusing more on video games i can't remember the last time i did a movie um and next next month is the new resident evil so i'm quite excited
1: Waiting for your Chaos Walking review. Oh, God.
0: Terrible. That was worse than this. Worse than Red Dragon. You can find more of my work at thecodeazique.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing at wheelofentertainment.com and lives of blue, of course, for mainly Criterion reviews. And I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. You can find more episodes of this podcast at iTunes, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher. Everywhere you can find our show. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Every, you know all the socials, and they're all tagged with everybody else's stuff in these episode descriptions. But I do want to thank Peter, Brandon, and Scott for joining me for this Red Dragon commentary. Yeah, thank you. Thanks.
1: Thanks one more next, next the month, best guys. One. Next month. Long yeah. have
3: I waited.
1: The first internet commentary for Hannibal Rising. <laughs> Is it the first supplemental feature period Or is there
3: actually stuff on that disc
0: Oh, I'm sure there's a two hour making of Uh, But yeah we're going to get into Going deep on a movie That definitely exists And uh, that's going to be what that is And I'm sure we'll have a great time doing it But I do thank all the listeners for sticking with us With these uh, Hannibal commentaries They're certainly fun to do Uh, But that is going to do it for this time So until next time and next month When we get to that Hannibal Rising commentary uh, So long and goodbye
1: Hi, Thomas Harris.